to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 60. Six zero. We made it. Yeah. Wow. 60. You're the slasher. I'm Dave Z. You're the slasher. <laughs> You're the franchise. <laughs> no. Somebody else talk. Okay. Year right, of the franchise. Episode 60. Year of the franchise. <laughs> Okay, yeah. You're in the franchise. <laughs> and tonight we're going to talk about a franchise, kind of. A trilogy, right? You Cold know play. what? Just because it's a trilogy doesn't mean it's not a franchise. Yeah, it's a franchise. Yeah, I know, but I'm just I'm saying that because there's some uptight listeners out there that might say something about it. No, but there's no... I actually looked into it because I wanted to know what actually defines a franchise and it has nothing to do with the number of films. Aha. Uh-huh. So two movies can be a franchise, you're telling me? I wouldn't say no. My Bloody Valentine already, is a I got franchise. You. Fuck. Yeah. But they are planning on doing. A, they are doing a Coldplay American remake, so it will be a franchise. For the... Really? That's what I, I've read. Three is fine. Three is a trilogy. Three is a franchise. I can dig it. And we, don't ha- <laughs> we have no uptight listeners. <laughs> oh no! Well, no, actually, not our know. show. I'm not saying a word. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's saying so much without saying a word. <laughs> Sad songs say so much. Yeah, I'm not saying nothing. Cold prey. Cold prey. Not play. Cold prey. One, two, and three. For you, Marco. And we do have Chris Martin on here. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. (laughs) (laughs) When you get what you want, but not what you need. (laughs) Just me right now, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Could it be worse? Yeah. It it's seems like really. it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, Chris Martin was going to join us, but it was his weekend with Apple, and Gwyneth wasn't budging. They got divorced. I think they're divorced. Yeah, or something yeah. separated. Creative differences. Up. You know how it is. Creative differences. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted Granny <laughs> Smith. <laughs> awesome. Them's um, the jokes. Them's the joke. <laughs> Yeah, so we're doing a trilogy. Actually, no, we're doing the franchise. Trilogy equals franchise. It's exploding heads rules. So, you guys want to fight us on it? Fight us on it. What can I say? We're, we're, we're making it a we're We don't give a official. fuck. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't care. It, we're calling a trilogy a franchise. That's all there is to it. Fact. Yeah, fact. <laughs> so, originally, Mark, originally Marco just picked Cold Prey, right, for us? And... Yeah. Uh, we, you decided to give him the whole trilogy, the whole franchise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All three. Yeah, because he did the, uh, what do you call it for us? The Hall of Fame. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was It was great, man. He did us a great favor, and he just happened to have his name drawn, you know, for the Patreon drawing, and he got the just triple bar. Happened. It worked out perfectly. It was so crazy that I know people might legit. think we're making it. It is legit. It was legit, because when I told him about it, I said, oh, by the way, because the show hadn't aired yet. He said he was going to do it, and then I said, "Oh, by the way, hey, you won, you won the drawing, so why don't you you know pick a triple R?" Yeah, awesome. We so, don't re- we don't really like Marco enough to fix the the drawing for him. So <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I'm happy because it is legit. I know that's what's great. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Exactly. That's wonderful. So yeah, we're doing all three. So and I said it last show. I don't know if anyone's going to do it, but if somebody else wants to go back and listen to every show and every rating we've ever done. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a franchise too. No, don't you think that's fair? Uh, hey, definitely. 
I just right. also want to mention, Marco, the 22 Shots boys said that Vince Vaughn's an asshole. Anyway, let's continue <laughs> on with, uh, yeah, uh, that's what I heard. <laughs> Is this in relation to that Vince Vaughn Nation thing going on? <laughs> He's just a big Vince Vaughn fan. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, hey, he does love Vince Vaughn. That's hey, okay. I'm did okay you guys see Cell Block 99? Still okay. have not. I will. You really got to. I, I, I can't recommend that movie enough. He's phenomenal, and it. it's such a brutal film. No, is that on Netflix? It's on something. It's either on my movie chat, the, like HBO, I, or I think it might. It might be on the cable by now, but I thought it was on like a a Prime or something. It, well, it was on one of them. I knew it was on one of the streaming things I've got. You're right. Yeah. Whatever. I added it to a queue somewhere or another. Yeah. I did see it. You're right. Yeah. It, it, it's out there. Right. Just don't know where, but, but I'll get to it. it. That or 68 Kill, and I've got that one on Netflix, I think. Ready to is that, oh, you have that on Netflix? Oh, that's awesome. I would I've watch that. I've owned it for like over a year, and I never watched it. 68 Kill. I've heard good things about yeah, it. So I've been wanting to check it out. It's like wartime one. action stuff. It and was not I, under the horror section. It was under Thriller or, or one of those. And sometimes you'll find, right. like, Killing of a Sacred Deer was not under the horror section, under Thriller. Uh, uh, 68 Kill, same thing. And there was a few other ones that fell under that... Uh, that guys. To, to be honest, this year I feel like I'm having that issue with a lot of films, especially since a lot of my favorite films are these border films. That even one I'm going to discuss tonight in Triple R's. There's a there's a bunch. Some of my favorite films so far for this year. I don't know if I'm going to be counting at the year's end because I'm not sure they're 100 percent horror. This is it. I was just thinking this the other day. I'm glad you said that because I'm I'm with you. This yeah. is the year of fringe horror. This is <laughs> yeah. The year. Like Every Stone? year there's been like a label, right? We had Art House Horror the one year, Horror Comedy the one year. What was it last year? We called it something. Oh, there was um, the year of the mainstream. Mainstream. Because we mainstream. said It, uh, yeah. Get Out, Split, amongst others. Of, Annabelle that, Creation. Yeah, that, last year was Except the year of mainstream. And this is the year of fringe horror. That's what I'm saying right now. Straight up. Yeah. That's why I haven't watched half of them. All, all the shit he brings to the table, I haven't watched them because I always ask him, well... Can it be constituted as horror? He said, well, I don't know if it could be on a list at the end of the year. I'm like, well, then I'm waiting. So, but we'll get to that when we talk a little bit about Triple R. So we'll throw in a couple of random Triple R's tonight, yeah. by the way. Yeah, okay. and I'll talk about that a little more when we get there. So that's that. Cold Prey, one, two, three, a couple Triple R's. I don't know. We got some house Are food. we going to pronounce everything in Norwegian? No. Fritvit. Or Fritvit. What is it called? Fritvit. Is that what it is? Fritvit. Uh, no, yeah, I'm just going to sing that song. No, that's the uh, thing you wear. That's the thing you wear. My fritbrit is on the loose. <laughs> Marco, how many loose. steps did you take on your fritbrit? <laughs> steps. I said steps. I, I don't know what accent that is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait, is that where Marco's from? Fr- no, Marco's from Finland. Yeah, He's yeah. Not, yeah. It's the where same. It's all mixed match. Totally insulting because us <laughs> Americans and North Americans know nothing about geography. You guys, oh, actually, oh, I can't speak hey, for whoa, Canada. Whoa, whoa. You guys probably No, we know. We're above you, you if, you, if you might yeah, not know that. We're above yeah. you, yeah. Here, I'll say right now, I know nothing. You guys know nothing out of your state. I couldn't tell you where all the states are <laughs> if you gave me a blank map. And said, I agree. I couldn't. It's just not important to me. I don't care. <laughs> I know. As long as it's hot Why and sunny it? in my backyard. <laughs> in my backyard. Exactly. George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. NIMBY. Right. <laughs> exactly. NIMBY. Not in my backyard. Well, I'm excited okay. about talking about these films. I don't think they're, like, put it this way. If I hadn't said this in the show before, I thought I saw the first one 
But when, when I went back to see all three, I realized I was thinking of the wrong film altogether. So I was pleasantly surprised, and I thought this the series was a blast. And that's the teaser. And that's all I'll say right now until we get into each individual film. Yeah, I actually thought I'd seen the first two. I knew I had never seen part three, but after rewatching them, well, or watching them for the first time, I realized I'd only seen the first one before. And again, positive experience. We'll get into the reviews, but you could definitely see uh, a lot of classic horror film influences in all these films. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty blatant in some, but it's it's nice. It's almost like a a love letter. You could tell that the uh, the filmmakers are are fans of horror. Yep, and I only saw part one. I saw it two or three times actually. I didn't. I, I, I knew I didn't see two or three, so I'm glad we did this. It's it's great, you know. But we got a couple emails to get to, so it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> That's not a Coldplay yeah, song, though. We should only do <laughs> <Nope>. Coldplay references tonight. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> I'll try to do all. All I can't talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of year of the franchise, here we go. This is um, our homie Cody Robinson. Year of the Franchise. All right, check it out. <clears throat> all right, Cody. Hey, guys, just wanted... Huh? I just said, all right, Cody. Oh, go, <laughs> go, go, go. Okay. Hey, guys, just wanted to take the time to tell how much I've been enjoying your franchise retros. Evil Dead and Phantasm are two of our all-time favorites. I was pleasantly surprised that you brought up good points about both franchises that had never crossed my mind before, even after countless rewatches. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's what we do. Did you go to specifics or no? Yeah, well, let's see. It was great having Mr. Watson on the show again as well. But on a down note, it sucks (laughs) to hear that Ash versus Evil Dead got canceled. Indeed. And also hearing that Bruce Campbell is hanging up his chainsaw and boomstick for good almost feels like a death in the family. It's a shame that Stars gave us the great revival of our iconic childhood hero only to jerk the rug out from under us before the story was complete. But hey, we got three great seasons of Ash at his best. So I'll still take that as a win for horror fans. Yeah, Keep right. up the good work, and we can't wait to hear what you guys do next. Till next time, Cody. DF. And wait, let's play a little uh, homage to the end of Ash versus Evil Dead. People are turning off now. You yeah, great. <laughs> And it, I, was, it was paradise, the show. Listen. <laughs> it really was. Not not to spoil anything, but the the only thing that I was disappointed with was the way they ended the show. I, highly disappointed, but I still loved it because this was my favorite version of, of Ash Williams. He just he got better with age. Like a box of fine wine. <laughs> and I still a have to see a box of fine wine. Aged to perfection. I uh, still need to see the third season. Yeah, it was it was really good. I just, I, I can't, obviously I won't say anything and I can't really say anything because I want to compare it to, to to the films and stuff like that. And But once you guys see it, you'll understand why I felt the way I did. I'll get to it. And speaking of Evil Dead... Thanks, Cody, by the way, of course. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Um, Robinson. Are you trying to seduce me, Mr. Robinson? Oh my God. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah. How about that poll we put up? I had to put it up. I knew we were recording. And honestly, there's nothing we could say. Bottom line is it's very close. Oh, it doesn't look how happy Dave is. I don't even no, consider it a win. I really don't yeah. consider it a win. 
I'm happy it's close because in the beginning, well, let me just let us so the people that aren't on the group page and on Facebook, and you should be, but anyway, if you're not, I would put up a poll on there. I asked, I said, which side of the debate from the last show do you fall on? Is the original Evil Dead mostly just a straightforward horror film, or do you notice comedy and laugh at parts? And the two options were straight up horror and I see comedy too. And when it first came in, it was like, I don't know, 40 to 20. Uh, yeah. Say comedy, and I'm thinking, oh shit, look at this. Uh, I guess maybe I'm wrong after all. But now it's been three days, and it doesn't even matter. It's basically people are split with a nine, Officially, with a nine votes. <laughs> yeah, it's a nine vote difference. It's 98 votes for straight up horror winning, and 89 votes for IC comedy too. So bottom line is, it doesn't Who votes even for if I was dead people too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel any bit different. If you're, if you guys would have won by ten votes, I feel the same way I do as me winning by ten votes. Bottom line is, it's split. Everybody's split on this. So I think I rubbed it in a little bit more if we won, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think I would have probably done it even See, by I, one vote. <laughs> I still maintain See, cool. it, it. It depends on when you saw it. Like I said, I, I was exposed to this franchise later on, so I kind of knew the tone of where it went. So right. it's, it's kind of, you know, if I saw this in the movie theater when it first came out, it'd be hard for me to say that I wouldn't have laughed at some of the parts, but it'd be just as hard for me to say that I wouldn't have been creeped out and called it straight hard. we got to get so Sam it, Raimi. we got to get Sam Raimi directly from Sam. we got to get him <laughs> on Twitter or we got to get him on the show just for a quote and just say, look, when you were making it, were you just going balls out straight horror or were you thinking like, underlyingly, where you're like saying, let's see if we can somehow work in some of this comedy magic. That was yeah, that, that, that's interesting because I could see him saying either either or. Sammy. I hear you. Sammy. Sammy. And what's Sammy. the deal with Puppy Dog Scott? <laughs> and snails and Puppy Dog Scott. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So that's that. Basically, we got we got close to uh, 200 votes. So I'm I'm just happy we got all that action on the page. So that's cool, you know. Excellent. Everybody has a different opinion, but this is like the closest poll we've had in a while because all those is it horror polls are generally have been one sided. They know? really have been. I'm surprised that some of them aren't at least somewhat closer, but they've all been pretty uh pretty wide. But even the people who vote the opposite way are very adamant about their opinions, though. So it's it's going to yeah. be a good show for that one. We're going to read them on the show. I'm on Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what we're going to do. We're going to thank goodness for the Facebook group page to have the uh, the search option. All you got to do is type in, is it horror? And all 24 polls will come up. And that that's what I, you know, we'll just read now, Every horror. time you type in, is it horror? And it comes up, you go, now that's horror. <laughs> <laughs> every time. <laughs> I can picture you doing that, Dave. All of them just sitting there. No, I'm, I, I'll tell you what. I do it. I don't know. I'm I'm rushing. I have it pre-done, and every day I do it at the same time on Monday and Thursday. I do it around noon, right when I'm in line at Tim Hortons, about to get my coffee. I put the car. Yeah, are we sponsored by Tim Hortons? And <laughs> I post every show we get. <laughs> Tim Hortons has become our sponsor. All the I'm second. looking into it. Drink a Timmy's. <laughs> drink That's right. See, drink a Timmy's. Yeah, that there's no ice caps. Yeah. <laughs> Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Ice Cappuccino <laughs> says drink a fucking ice cap. Ice cap. <laughs> See, there you go. We're we all about use. merchandising. 
Yes, we can use you. I'm gonna. We should contact freaking. Yes, <laughs> we should use you because Ice hey, Cappuccino is such a big draw. No, <laughs> exploding heads, coffee cozy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could franchise to all the Timmies in the world. You drink oh. this; it'll make your head explode. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. gonna be one of our awesome. shirts. Whenever we get to that merchandising part of the, the thing. I got a good idea for a shirt. We should have a shirt that says, your picture on the front, like dressed up in like a garment, it says Ice Cappuccino, right? And then on the back, have a picture of your body with uh, with someone else with someone else's head on it. And it's going to say Dice Cappuccino. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're the Dice when man. It- wouldn't it just be funny if it was Andrew Dice Clay? Yeah, I'm Dice Cappuccino. Like, That's why what I'm talking someone... about. Well, you said someone else's head. Why don't I didn't want to blow, someone blow else, the like dice. punchline. <laughs> I didn't want to blow the punchline. I didn't, that's why I said somebody else. I didn't want to say, put on dice clay so it's dice Oh, cap- you made it sound like it could be anyone else's. Yeah. Like, we could put Cody Robinson's head yeah. on there and it'd be like. <laughs> why is that guy black? <laughs> it came out wrong. Yeah, it came why out is Willis Wheeler on here? It says dice cap- why, is, why is Dave Chappelle's head on, on Dice's body? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a good punchline, but I, but I, oh, I, I got you now. I, I missed it. it. <laughs> no, no, you guys are right. That, that was not good. Is okay, that Lamont? Right. <laughs> I don't like that configuration. <laughs> That's a shirt we gotta get yeah. made for sure. We gotta put that on a shirt. Lamont, you big dummy! <laughs> Bring that configuration out from the junkyard. <laughs> oh gosh. Box. Okay, let's 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 get to the next. Email. That was our in joke segment, oh. folks. Okay, <laughs> that was not for you, listeners. That was just for us. Yeah. We're happy. We are. We are. Okay, Raphael G. Here we go. Hello again. Pardon me. Yeah. Hello <laughs> once again. <laughs> and head Hello, my friend. Hello. Oh no, we only cold pray. God damn it. Cold pray. <laughs> I'm telling you. Did you watch Coldplay? Okay, I should have known. My Fitbit is on the loose. I keep saying my Fitbit is on the loose. <laughs> like, well, where's it go? Where'd it go? You say trying to say on the Fritz? Yeah, on the Fritz. On the Fritz. On the Fritz. It's an all-time low. Man, I'll tell you what, though. I'm laughing. I'm genuinely laughing. I feel good. <laughs> that's, that's what it's all about. Let me try to read this again. Hello once again, Head Headites. Okay. <clears throat> you guys are killing it this year. I was especially excited when Harry... W- Harry... <laughs> <laughs> What's going on tonight? Who the hell is Harry? <laughs> Excuse me. Harry Hood. No, hold on. I was especially excited when Carrie... <laughs> was featured as a main review as it so happened to be the first horror film I ever watched. That film, got me... <laughs> <laughs> that film got me into cinema and still remains to be my favorite film of all time. Wow, nice. nice. Cool. Awesome. And it made my top 20, so yeah. Me too. Number two. Yeah. All, all of three us. Three of us, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Okay. It'll be my number one in a few months. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that episode at some point. <laughs> That's <laughs> all right. Whatever. It'll come out. And then this will. Uh, but there has been one show recently that actually made an impact on me that I wanted to share with you guys. That show was your Phantasm series retrospective. It would have been funny if it was a completely different show. <laughs> it, not was, even yeah. it was Exploding Kittens. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I saw Phantasm back when I was about 13 years old. I was already pretty acquainted with the genre, but Phantasm just did not click with me at all. I watched it two more times in between then and now, and it still did nothing for me. That was until I listened to your guys' retro episode. It got me pumped to watch it again with a new mindset. With all of your insight, praise, appreciation, and tidbits that you fellas mentioned together on the film allowed me to enjoy it even more than I could have ever had before. I gave it, pardon me, ever had, period. Before, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Now it's a solid 9 out of 10. Wow. Awesome. I also had no intention, no capitalized and bold text, of ever seeing the sequels until now. I unfortunately am very busy with school and work, so have only had the time to see Phantasm 2 and Part 3. But Christian, I am with you. Part 2 is hands down my favorite of the series. Mm. It's a 9.5 out of 10. Mm. Wow. As for Part 3, Lord of the Dead, weaker entry, but still a good 7 out of 10. There you go. I am still excited to see the rest, but I actually wanted to say thank you for having these productive, eye-opening, and enjoyable discussions for these films that finally knocked some sense into me. Nice. One question for you guys. We are well into a third of the year. Are there any other films that you are still eagerly waiting for? I myself am highly anticipating The Nun, Hereditary, Revenge, Halloween, and Suspiria. Sorry, fellas. I know I always send you really long messages, but I'm afraid if I leave a voicemail that it will just go on and on and on and on, similar to Brandon's voicemail as he left for 22 shots in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, have a good one. Stay sexy, sane, and spooky. Right on. Wow. Awesome Awesome. email. I'm glad he enjoyed uh, Phantasm of all the first three anyway. Good luck at school. And I'm I'm looking forward to Hereditary. I've changed my opinion. Because I've realized that I'm going to crack at some point, and I am going to watch the trailer for Halloween when it gets released. No. I am. No. I don't give a fuck. I got to do it. <laughs> I got to do it. Hereditary, man. That's just, I don't know. It, it's the build up to that. It seems like th- that's getting so much praise as like a modern day classic. Like, I feel like this could be like this year's Witch or Black Coat's Daughter. That's what I've been in, hearing. in terms of, of, of how well it's received. Did you uh, hear they played that trailer before Peter Rabbit? Yes. Here in Canada, I think it was in Canada, and yeah, the parents and kids that. like ran out of the theater in horror. <laughs> that trailer is really freaky. Were you sitting in the theater? Now that's horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your rabbit. <laughs> Wait a minute. That it was. That was the movie. Here's what's weird. No, Peter Rabbit was the movie, and the trailer. That's what I'm they, saying. Yeah. But no, but just the other day, actually, right now on the way home from work today, I drove by Family Video, and I and I, you know they always advertise the new movies that are out on, on DVD or Blu-ray, you know. Yeah. And I just drove by, and the sign right outside the thing said Peter Rabbi. I was like, what the fuck? Is he Peter Rabbi. Was <laughs> that a Jewish knockoff? <laughs> was that intentional? Yeah. Peter Rabbi. Okay. Peter Rabbi. Rabbi intentional because either way it's hilarious for the game. Well, the T, the T had fallen off the sign. Oh, it said Peter Rabbi. Peter Rabbi. Peter Rabbi. I have no joke, Brendan. This is where you have to come in. That would be funny though. A Peter, Peter Rabbi, like a rabbit for visual Peter? alone is enough to laugh. Just picture Peter Rabbi. Oh. 
I got nothing. That's a fucking hilarious. So you how know, can Peter Rabbi be at the show and at Family Video right that now? Jumanji was on. Uh, Jumanji was still in the theater, and uh, it was being released on video on demand through our Bell uh, cable server. It was what still in the theater. What? You said Manja, didn't you? Manja, Jumanji, Manja. Oh. <laughs> What are you listening to? Peter Rabbi Manja? (laughs) (laughs) Peter Rabbi. (laughs) Here comes Peter Rabbi again. (laughs) He's there with the bench on the bench. I can't hop down this bunny trail no more. The back hurts. This is fucking crazy. I can't afford all these carrots. What do you think? I'm made of money? (laughs) Dave, they go into second run theaters, right? They'll end up playing out. And then they'll get cheaper because it's like, uh, nah, we've got, like that's what they do. And then I guess for whatever reason, hereditary was placed in front of it. Wow. <laughs> Probably a mistake, but yeah. but <laughs> a funny one. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. That trailer is, that trailer is quite creepy and unsettling. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. Know. I, I don't think it would be enough to, to have people running out screaming, but I guess <laughs> I could see parents being pissed Maybe off. Maybe in Canada. You know? It would, scare, it would definitely scare little ones. It'd be like a four or five year old kid with you. That might be yeah, that's true. The, the little kids would definitely shit themselves. Okay. <laughs> Where's the rabbi? I want who's Peter gonna, Rabbi. Who's going to clean this shit up? Get Peter Rabbi to clean it up. <laughs> so, Hereditary, yes. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Halloween, I've been saying. And I, believe it or not, now, Suspiria. I'm actually just based on the buzz that I've been hearing and some of the people in the film and just. This is the stuff that's leaked out. I'm actually, I've gone from not even wanting to know it even existed to actually looking forward to the Suspiria remake. So, and the movie The Endless, which I hear is a tie-in oh, to that movie. You guys seen that movie Resolution? Resolution's a great film. Well, remember that that cult that that's kind, it's kind of a cult that it's kind of alluded at a little bit. Remember when they yeah. go see those guys in the camper and they learn more things? Apparently, this movie The Endless is about those people. Yeah, the end. That's a good one. That's another one I want to see. Uh, that's I'm excited about that one. So that's all I can really I can think of. You know, the ones that he mentioned, the nun. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I don't even know what revenge is. He said it's revenge. a it's a rape revenge film. Oh, is it? Yeah. What did you get yeah. revenge for? <laughs> Peter Rabbi. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> Peter, got Rab- me. Peter Rabbi raped her. <laughs> Oi. Oh God. Oi. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. All right, I'm just stopping there. That's it. That's enough. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll give it so up Bill Cosby. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor Bill Cosby. Not poor him. Poor me. No, because listen to me. Poor this me. is the only time, and I understand jokes are jokes, but there's like a part of me that's like sad about it. Not sad yeah. for him. Sad that it happened. Mostly because of uh, Fat Albert. Mostly because I grew up watching Fat Albert cartoons and see and Bill in between, and then later on with the Cosby Show and everything else, and Bill Cosby himself. It was just something on my childhood, you know what I mean? And I had no fact- idea Mushmouth had a dick in his mouth. It was Bill's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mean poor him. If the guy's guilty, then fucking shame on him. Shame on him, obviously. But just it's it's just unfortunate that we've there. shamed you. Shame. <laughs> my wife's convinced he's gonna commit suicide. Convinced, he's like he, he won't go to jail. He'll definitely kill himself before he spends his life in prison. I'm like, well, I, I want a better on it, but you won't think best. I don't know. Uh oh, we said his name. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Huh? Uh, will Sick. the death curse continue? Mm-hmm. It's got a death curse. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Okay, where the hell are we? Emails, guys. If you guys want to send it, it's been a long time. And Raphael, please continue to send long emails. Oh, yeah, that, please. Yeah, they're fun. They, they get good conversation going. You know what I mean? So if you guys want to do that, exploding heads or a podcast at gmail.com. And there you go. What do you say? Should we take a break? Whatever. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Bye, Patreon folks. Oh, yeah. Patreon folks. For video really feed. Uh, yeah, I didn't know we were still doing the video. <laughs> yeah, that's like an hour long feed yeah. for them, I think. It was almost it was about 52 minutes when I saw Wow. There. Well, there you go. If you want to be part of that, patreon.com slash exploding heads. Get, get slash give us your fucking money. And all that stuff. Please, <laughs> please. Slash give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> slash support Peter Rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> that joke alone is worth a dollar a month. Oh, right? man, that's great. I might start donating just for Peter Rabbi. <laughs> that should be one of our new tiers, the Peter Rabbi tier. <laughs> Welcome to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here, the discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark discussions and speaking of perception there's just one more scene i want to talk about which is after caleb discovers that kyoto is a robot kyoto kind of peels off her skin showing him what's underneath now wait a minute i know where you're going with this but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film exactly what he's thinking at that moment just he's a robot too. Oh, I considered the possibility. Right, and that's what I like is the fact that the writers were smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right, exactly. So, www.darkdiscussions.com wherever podcasts are found. Alright, we're back. We're going to do a triple R, a piece, and we're going to go into Cold Prey. Yeah, Coldplay. See, I don't know. I'm so fucked up with the way I'm talking today. All because of Coldplay and Coldplay. Ever since last week, I'm telling you. That's why I can't speak tonight. Anyway. <laughs> so we each, uh, we're each going to rattle off a triple R, 2018 style. So uh, I'll go first. This one we actually spoke of, pardon me, Brandon brought it up last year. And I didn't think much of it at the time. I don't, I don't remember what, what, what you gave it at the time, but I knew that it was being released. And I remember that you spoke of it, and I was like, okay, well, now it's getting its official release in the states, so, so I'll check it out. I so I, I remember, did. I think I remember my rating, so I'll give it to you at the end. Cool, cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I, don't, I really like it. This is called Cruel Summer, and the way it's horror is it's horror in the sense of it's horrifying. It's it's, <laughs> it's true to life. It's freaking, it's pretty nuts. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what we said before. I'm gonna even do using the voice. I'm going to read the synopsis because it's been so long since I've uh, watched this one that my memory isn't going to be good until I read the synopsis a bit. Cruel Summer. Young autism sufferer Danny enjoys the serenity and solitude of camping. That's all about to change when engaged teens, Nicholas, engaged. Oh, enraged. Sorry, I can't read <laughs> or talk tonight. Sorry. <laughs> they, they shouldn't have gotten engaged if we were going to get so mad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
when enraged teens Nicholas, Kelvin, and Julia find him, each with their own agenda for wanting to see Danny suffer. So yeah, this kid has autism. He's going to go camping. He's okay to handle himself. I mean, I don't understand. There's different levels of autism, apparently. I don't know, you know. But he seems his parents are a little bit concerned, but he knows his way uh, around and what he's doing. He's going to go camping by himself. He's trying to get a badge or something for um, scouts or something or other. You know what I mean? So they're going to let him go off and do his thing. Meanwhile, there's these kids, uh, Nicholas and Julia. Nicholas has a girlfriend that just dumped him. Goes over to Julia's house, who's his friend, but she kind of has the hots for him. And he's kind of an asshole. So he's he's trying to, you know, he's hemming and hawing about this girl of his. He's like, I want to get her back, this and that, yada, yada. And she's like, you know what? And she slept around before you and everything else. And, you know, who? And he's like, who'd she sleep with? And she says, you know, Danny, that kid that has autism. She slept with, I don't know why she picked him out. And frankly, I don't care. This is based on a true story, apparently. So whatever, um, whatever. But she picked him out. And now the kid gets pissed off. He's like, well, I'm going to make an example of this kid then because he's an asshole. So he's like, I'm going to go make an example of this, this poor kid. So now Julia just goes along with it. We don't know if it's true or it can't be true. He didn't sleep with her. It's just, I don't think he, he it's just something he would do, you know? So anyway, what, what's creepy about this is Julia, we don't understand why she does what she does, but they even go to Danny's house, talk to his parents, and they play it off with their, their friends of Danny's. And they want to go, you know, see him. And the way she's able to put on the charm is downright fucking... It's creepy because, you know, that she has, like, bad intentions. I don't think she knows the level Nicholas wants to go to. I think she thinks that he's going to maybe push him around or, or something else. And why she's into it, we're not quite sure. But as the movie goes on, she gets worse. He gets even worse. But they end up bumping into this other kid who's new in town. His name is Calvin. And they tell him, and she goes along with it. This, Dan, this, this Nicholas kid tells uh, this kid, Calvin, hey, this kid with autism... Um, is a, a pedophile that he's taken young girls into the woods and done something, but somehow got off. And this kid, Kelvin happens to have a younger sister. So Nicholas, for whatever reason, decides he needs backup, which I don't understand why he needs anyone to go along with him, but he does. So he talks. Now he has both of them going along with him to go find Danny who's camping. So they find out where he is kind of in the same area. And half of the movie is them just, uh, partying a little bit, getting ready to go see him and, and getting psyched up to see what's going to happen when they get there. And you get little hints as to what's going to happen when they get there. This movie makes the cardinal sin, which a lot of films do these days, of showing a scene that's going to happen later on towards the end of the movie in the first few seconds of the film. In the first few seconds of the film, you see Danny Lane down there half crying with blood in his mouth. So now you know these kids are going to get to him and they're going to fuck him up, which they do. And of course it goes too far. And shit happens, and I'm not going to say too much more about it. It's, I was hoping it wasn't going to go that way. You know that it is because of what you see in the beginning, but you're hoping it's not going to happen. Because they're going back and forth. You see the kids pre-gaming, and you see Danny setting up shop, doing what he's supposed to do. And, you know, you feel for the kid. But anyway, you know, things spiral out of control. Kelvin ends up trying to take off because he doesn't believe that this kid's capable of doing that. And then we just see how depraved this Nicholas is. And it's pretty vicious stuff. Like I said, it's horrifying. And I, I kept thinking about his parents, how they were going to find him at the end. It was very, very sad. But it's paced really well. It's a really solid flick. I'll give it a half-head explosion. And i, I got to recommend it. It's not, it's not always an easy watch because you know where it's going to go. But the acting is all really good. 
It's, yeah. Yeah, it's all top-notch acting. So you have that going too. It's filmed well. So, but I have to recommend the film. So, B, that's, what did you say? That's exactly where I gave it a half-head explosion. And I agree with you. They didn't have to show the opening scene mm-hmm. of of Danny all bloodied, but it didn't give too much away. But it no. it let it lets you know that eventually the kids are going to catch up to him, and there is going to be an encounter. But even without that scene, which if they had left it out, the tension and, and the climax and, and conclusion of this film would have been even more heartbreaking because you would have been at least a little bit more hopeful about a different ending. It was intense, man. It you was. Know, it's based on something that really happened, and that's yeah. that, it's horrifying. And that's but heavy shit. But and on Amazon? Things- I'm sorry for... No. Uh, well, where no. Was it? It was- it's it's not streaming anywhere. It's just VOD right now. And the Blu-ray's out. The Blu-ray just came out, uh, I want to say, I don't know, maybe two months ago since it came out. But it's it's available on VOD, and it's, it's available to purchase physical media as well. You should check it out, man. It's it's pretty heavy stuff, but... Heavy, that, man. Cruel summer. Yep. All right. My first film is from this year, and it is called Stephanie. After a mysterious global crisis, a young girl is left home alone to hide from a malevolent power that stalks her home. Her parents eventually return, and the struggle begins to save their daughter. This one stars Frank Grillo from uh, The Purge films, Anna Torv from Fringe, which is a show I loved, and the young actress, what's her name, Shriek Crooks, who plays Stephanie. She, she did a great job in this film. She was uh, also... On, had a little arc on Ray Donovan a few seasons ago, so I recognized her immediately. She was very good. Uh, my thoughts on this one. I actually like the pacing of the first half of this film better than the second half. I, I like the solitude of it just being the character of Stephanie and not really knowing exactly what's going on. You know, she's she's sort of she's living alone in this house. Her brother's corpse, her brother's dead corpse, is in is in his bed. She and she like sit by it and hold its hand and it's creepy and she's wondering where her mother and father are because they left and they they haven't come back and and she's hiding out from this monster. Every time a mo- the monster gets close to the house or comes into the house, she hides and you hear it snarling and growling and it's really quite unsettling and disturbing. But where the film loses me is actually when the parents come back into it. Because then you start to get a few more answers about what's going on about this global crisis, I'll say. And uh, I don't want to say it spoils what's, I guess, supposed to be the twist. Because I didn't really feel like it was a twist. I felt like I knew what was going on very early. But I feel like they kind of give you enough where it it takes kind of the surprise element out of it. But not enough to really make you care. You know, I, I, like once they, it's weird. It's like it would have been better if this film had not divulged anything. But then once they started divulging stuff, then you got to give more. And they didn't. I think it just falls into the, it falls almost into like that, I don't want to say lazy, but almost like incomplete area where there's like a whole big story going on and they're just scratching the surface here. That they are, but we're only seeing her story. But the end. The end, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me almost of the end of The Invitation. I know you yeah, love that last yeah, shot. It yeah, had that type I, of vibe, and I dug that. It did. I thought some of the uh, you know, the supernatural special effects were a little 
silly. They were gruesome, but they sometimes looked a little silly. The the end scene, I, I get what you're saying. I could see the comparison to that, but it just didn't hold any uh any real power because they had been alluding to it through news flashbacks in the film the whole time. So you knew this wasn't an isolated incident. Well, right, but I don't think you necessarily knew the scale of where it was going because I think once you get that kind of reveal at the end, you see exactly the grand scale that it's going to become and how much uh, I don't want to spoil anything. So yeah, no, see, it's weird because I around. felt like like I understood the scale it was on just from the, the tone of the film, the setting, what's going on. I mean, everything seems so desperate, like this was apocalyptic times. Man, I took away something. This movie... Number number wise, it's my highest rated freaking movie. I'm gonna discuss all evening, <laughs> just by number. Really? Just by number alone. Wow. Yes. I yeah. Think by number alone, it might be my lowest. Wow, isn't that something? I, I'll tell you, the beginning was really cool, and she's alone, and it's scary. There's creepy imagery. She gets afraid, and she hides, and, and the monster comes, and then she hides, and she's able to, you know, get away. And she's talking to her her turtle friend and everything. And it's real nice to see that. I couldn't take that for a whole movie though, and I could see some viewers getting bored with that after a while. Even though I liked it, but I just think that a lot of viewers might shut it off after 25 minutes, saying, "Ah, uh, I don't know." I don't. And when the parents first come back. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss her being alone. So at first I thought that. Then once things started to, the layers started being peeled back, and then they were hinting at where I thought it was going to go. I'm like, oh, please don't make it go there. But here's the deal. They went there, but in a completely different way than I've seen before. They still went there, but they took it a step further. Like, And I can't say anything because it's complete spoiler territory. But I saw where they were going by a conversation he had with her when she was taking a bath. The father came in. He said something about – and I won't say it. But I'm like, oh, they're going to make it allegory. They're going to make it that it's going to be this. And then it does come to pass, but there's so much more to it. I've never seen that. And I got to tell you, this is the one movie, and I hope it doesn't happen again. This is the one movie this year. Usually one or two movies a year do this to me. I fucking cried like a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> really I, dude when when wow. daddy took her for a walk everything that was going on in his head and when they were going out what they were gonna do and the, the conversation he had with his wife prior because you don't know who the real monsters are and everything else and when they go out i felt this dude's pain i fuck it again it's always daddy daughter with me yeah so that's just me personally it's just the way it is <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Every time I cry, every time I cry, it's it's always about a daddy and a daughter. I think so. Maybe that's why. But I was like, holy fuck! I was wiping tears. I was sitting here. Thank God I didn't watch with my wife around. But I was, I was, I was, <laughs> oh, was serious. I don't want to do that. Not that way. I was like in the bed watching this, watching this movie on, on my computer, and I was like, oh my god! Ugh. And I fucking had to wipe tears from my eyes. I was getting fucked up from it. But damn, then. The way it ended, completely, but like I said, when I compared the last shot to, to the invitation, it really moved me. I don't know. It's I'm not saying it's amazing. What, what are you getting in as far as head rating? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a high, mild rumble, but uh, I have to say, when even even with where it went, it's not that I was upset with where it went. It it was like you referenced from the, uh, the conversation early on in the film. You can kind of tell where it was going. I just felt like for where it went, I needed more explanation for how it got there. And that just wasn't enough. So I still had questions, which normally would be a good thing, but I don't see this film, you know, this this 
this movie becoming a, a you know a series, a franchise, or even a second film coming. No, and I don't, they, want, they, well, I don't want. Well, I I don't want it, but this film needed another ten minutes of exposition or something just to fill in the gaps. There's See, a few I'm questions happy. I have that would be spoiler that that just I don't know. I'm not sure happy. exactly what type of film I just watched. Like mom and dad, they don't really explain anything in mom and dad. It just happens. It's like an epidemic. It happens when they they kind of explain some lame thing about electricity. I don't even know. I don't remember. But it was just like mom and dad. Here you are. Boom. This is what's going on in the world. Even that movie Mayhem, which I'm not a huge fan of, but boom, there's an infection and here it goes. This is the same thing. There's an epidemic. Boom. We start the movie in the middle of it, and at the end, the movie ends. Yeah, but there's some things questioned within the movie that make you think that that this might have this might not necessarily be an epidemic. Something more of a uh, other world, like like no, like a species evolution type thing. Hmm, interesting. But I kind of like that our imaginations can take it anywhere we want it to. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing to to be able to take it to a shorter review. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, see, no. <laughs> it's true though. But no, I hear you. This is I, I mean, look, I'm st- like I said, I'm still, I'm at a, you know, a, a high rumble. I'm in that, you know, that six and a half to the border of right before seven range. I'm, I'll just say it now because that's that's probably where it's gonna stay. But I definitely still recommend checking it out. This was the one I was looking forward to. Well, I tell you, I'm I'm a half head. I'm only a half head, but I'm on the high end of it. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it happens to be. It just happens to be the highest rated one I have. And that one is I'm, definitely I'm on Netflix. It. It's Netflix? I thought that's what was on Netflix. Stephanie? No. No, no. It's VOD. Or Shutter. Oh, it's on Netflix in Canada then. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was VOD here. Yeah, Stephanie, I think, yeah. was on, um, uh, what do you call it? Amazon, but not where you rent it. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'll go with my next one. I'm stealing this from Brandon because Brandon watched this. He did. A warning. Both Dave and I to skip it, but I was glutton for punishment, so I watched Downrange. <laughs> okay, here it is. I didn't like the setup. I didn't really like the lighting in the movie. I will say some of the shots that take place during the daytime look crisp and are great, but they're intercut with shots that don't really match that color. There's some weird editing, some bad angles, some unnecessary shots. You absolutely get no character development and you don't care about this group of characters. And I guess I should maybe preface this with maybe a little bit of, um, I'll read the actual uh, plot outline. Stranded at the side of the road after a tire blowout, a group of friends become targets for an enigmatic sniper. And that's really it. There's really no story to it. It's a survival film. And is it a thriller or is it a horror film? Because to me, that sounds thrillerish. It, it, it's a combination of both because the level of gore in this transforms it from a thriller to a horror film. It is a gory movie. That's the plus. That, the, yeah, that's the saving point. That's the that's saving the point saving because point. it is gory. And there are some mouth-dropping gory moments. Like yeah. there's people's heads that get shot out. There's a lot of squishy a lot of gooey blood. I squirmed in a couple of scenes. I was like, oh my God, a guy that already died, a car rolls over his... I mean, there is there is gore. However, it doesn't carry the movie. The bad acting, the lack terrible. of any... Terrible. Terrible acting, the lack of any character development, unnecessary shots, no actual mood or tension, and then to top it all off, really bad ramped up, meaning ramped up in speed, shots at the end to try to give a little bit more action 
the ending is just a it's a laugh riot you are laughing at the film i don't care how gory it is i was laughing at it i couldn't that's, believe what i was watching that's why i recommend it to people just for that ending I've never seen anything quite like that in a movie. I, I said to myself, I said, I, I really can't believe this is how this movie ended. Like, it's fitting. Like, I just watched yeah. an hour and 20 minute the horror show, and this is fitting that they're just ending it like this because I wanted to do that to myself by the end of this. It's a hard movie because I almost want to recommend what? it because of the gore and how batshit crazy goes at the end. But my rating is definitely just a mild rumble. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, well, that's right in the middle, right? I'm getting mixed up, but yeah, like a mild yeah. rumble. It's just I'm, I'm I'm dead in the middle with you. Yeah, I, I, and it's strictly because of the gore, and yeah. it's weird because I watched uh, for the first time, like a few days before I watched this, Carnage Park, not realizing they're essentially the same storyline. But man, Carnage Park is a terrific film. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because I, I love that movie. Yeah. Man, I, I, I really, I'm a fan. He's he's a great filmmaker, man. Even yeah. if it's not his strongest film, he he's got a style, Mickey yeah. Keating. So I definitely choose Carnage Park over uh, Downrange if you uh, if you get a chance. Well, Carnage but... Park has good performances. It has good twists and turns in the story, and it, and it actually builds to something. Yeah. This just there's a decent idea here, but it was not well directed and it was poorly poorly acted. And I would actually blame more the the fault of the film on the performances more so yeah. than the direction. I'd say the direction's no, actually I, stronger I, than I that. I think you're right about that. I hate to I hate to criticize acting so bad, but like it really just it really put me off. It was like they yeah. were just very whiny and moaning, and it was just like shut up already. Yeah. Like everybody was cliche. These characters, you know. Of course, there's one character among the group that's an army brat that knows everything about snipers and stuff. Well, and it was also weird too. I thought I missed something. And my daughter was there watching it for a bit too. And then she was like, Oh, this is not for me. Cause she doesn't really like gore. But yeah, what happened was it says a group of friends. I think there was like two or three friends and the rest of them look like they're hitching a ride to go somewhere yeah. to a wedding or something they did like some that. Sort of like, they did some sort of like carpool sharing yeah. thing. So there were some that knew each other and some that didn't, but they were all like, I don't know. I guess they were environmentalists and they were all sharing one car. It didn't even matter if they were good characters. It would have been fine. I thought they got rid of their most, in, at least their their most well acted character in the first five minutes of the movie. So, poor guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm skipping it. <laughs> I planned on skipping it. And yeah, you're not. It's you're not like you said. You're looking to get movies in that seven range and higher, and and really try to stay consistent. It it's not going to get there. The only reason. I would ever recommend this to someone is because the gore is decent and just to see this laugh out loud ending because Christian's review of just that <laughs> ha 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 it's so <laughs> fitting especially when you watch the last you know five seconds of this film you're just if you don't laugh there's something wrong with you because it's ridiculous and I will say my review is ha 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 it's gory as hell ha 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 if you didn't see that in there it actually, yeah, actually I didn't see that in there. <laughs> it's gory like that last part, I my mouth was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see that in a movie because that's probably something that that's that's something that could probably happen in real life. We just probably directed a lot of people to go see it because of intrigued to see how stupid it is. The ending is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Nice. Well, we can do it now, huh? It's time we can do Cold Prey, finally. Yeah, we can.
Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready when you are, B. Are you ready? All right. Let's just get right into it. We're going to start off with our first feature review, Cold Prey from 2006. I'm not going to say the director's name because I will butcher it, but it is about five friends who go on a snowboarding vacation, and they are forced to take shelter in an abandoned hotel when one of their friends breaks his leg and is unable to walk. And, of course, this abandoned hotel has a storied past, and they begin to get picked off one by one. Classic slasher formula. Yeah, very Uh, classic. And uh, one thing I'll say, and I think it's consistent through the three films, is that Cold Prey has strong female characters. Very strong female characters. Awesome. And yeah. they build her up like almost like a Linda Hamilton in a sense, not to that degree, but yeah. because she's more believable in actuality. And completely contrary to what I just said about Downrange, a group of friends that you actually give a shit about. Good One, characters. You'll like these guys. And even, I even said, I even said, all likable characters, and even when one of the guys does something kind of douchey, he redeems yeah. himself. He yeah. actually goes through a redemption, and you're like, wow, this is what it's all about. Like, Because most movies, especially American or North American, excuse me, movies, would have probably just left him as a douchey character, and you want him to die. And here, they're like, oh, wow, he's a fucking dick. But then he makes up for it, and you're like, oh, he, he's trying to be a good guy. And you buy it, and, and, and it's great. So then you care when these guys get killed. Yes, absolutely. Each each kill is actually kind of heartbreaking because these are, like you said, these are five very strong characters. This was a uh, a solid cast and all well well performed. And not super gory. There are gory moments. There's a squirm inducing scene when that girl is like gluing the guy's wound back together. I think she's like, oh yeah, oh. I, I, I <laughs> that that was gory. But the kills himself at first, I'm like, am I watching a cut version or something like that? It just didn't seem quite as as explicit as i was expecting it to be uh but it does deliver on that and it's not necessarily a bad thing but if you're looking for really gory kills you might be a little let down but it still delivers it's still a fun slasher flick yeah that was my issue this is the third time i saw this movie and i had heard it been pimped by uh, many a slasher fan and i hadn't seen it and i think it was about three years ago or so i finally watched it and it didn't do anything for me at all. I shouldn't say at all, but I would at the time I would have given it like a five out of ten. I was just really? like, well, why is everybody blowing this movie? It's not gory. And here I'll tell you what, one of the reasons for that was I watched a version that was on Hulu and the, it was dubbed. And oh. anybody that's listening to this that hasn't seen the movie, by the way, we're gonna be spoiling all these movies as we always do when we do this. But we're not going to spoil like a major twist unless we have to, or but that doesn't really happen here, so it, that's irrelevant. But do not watch this film if you haven't seen it before. Do not watch it unless it's subtitled. Rent the DVD, rent uh, rent rent it on VOD. Do not go to Hulu and get the dubbed American version because you will feel nothing for these characters. The voices they use are bad. It just doesn't work. And that was part of the reason. So I didn't like the characters so much, and the, the voice acting wasn't good. And it wasn't gory. And that was my first impression. I was like 5 out of 10. Then I watched it a second time, the regular way with the subs. And I was like, okay, you know what? This isn't so bad. I'm a little more into it now. And this time being my third time, I had my best experience with it. Because it's, it's, it's shot really well. It's classic slasher formula, the kind of stuff we don't get anymore. I mean, 
You know, I mean, we had the Friday remake and like the Halloween remake, and even that, they're skating on it. But this is just kids go to the place. There's an accident. What a setup to go to an, an abandoned lodge. It's and, a great setup, just with that yeah. opening scene with the with the little boy. You know, we too. get a, we get the flashback. It's uh, 1975, yes. and there's a boy, and he's got a uh, a birthmark yeah. over one of his eyes, and he's just running through the snow, and he's like begging for his life as he's sort of like being buried alive. And then they're like, it became a major news story because uh, he disappeared, and the the parents are being interviewed, and they're saying he 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 went out to play like normal and never came home, and and you you don't get a, you don't know what's going on, you don't know who or what the evil is. And even at the end, even at the end, you get a little bit more glimpse. And ultimately, this movie leaves it like a ugly kid left behind by his parents 30 years before kills whoever gets in his way, especially if they disturb his slumber by entering the abandoned hotel. That's this movie, yet it works. And as Dave said, it's almost like you're watching an old 80s slasher movie with, with right. better cinematography that was a cut version. That that you're like, oh, they, they just got trimmed by the MPAA or something like that. But it seems to work. I was I wasn't yeah. let down by it. I was just a little shocked because it was made in two thousand six or two thousand seven, two thousand six. And I and expected it to be gorier. Yeah, but. it's because of the strong female characters that that's what that would save this one, at least from me complaining about lack of gore. Not that I ever really would, but you know, I like uh shoot, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. Continue. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, while you're regaining your train of thought, I was going to say one of the one of the things I noticed, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, music cues happens twice in the movie where there's music cues that sound like the Phantasm theme. We just did the franchise, so it was fresh in my head, and I listened to the soundtrack again, and then we were watching this, and specifically, it's when they're looking for supplies, when they first mm-hmm. break into the abandoned hotel, and then later, they reoccur again when one of the characters finds a gun and loads it. It's just like a the movie. And it, yeah, and it, it has that same, or resembles, the main than- phantasm theme. I can't speak here, holy shit. <laughs> See, it's it, it's catching yeah. on. Yeah. Man, yes. I, I didn't notice it. Just happens well, speaking twice. of music, yeah, I, I will say this: these movies are dated because, and this is a minor, a minor quibble with the film. At this time during during horror films, and I didn't, it didn't really register until I watched them this time, which is weird considering I we watched all the slashers last year. But I was watching it. But th- this time in horror, in movies like this was a big time for loud music stingers and jump scares. It was a big thing going on, and they did this primarily in the first two uh, of this franchise, and it's a minor complaint. But I, but a couple times it was very noticeable, where nowadays it, they're not quite played the same way with, as, as they were during the mid-2000s. It's just something I picked up on this time. A minor complaint, but you said music cues. That's what I was thinking of when you said it. But I did notice the phantasm thing. Just one time, it entered my brain. I was like, wait a minute, that sounds... And then I, I, then I just let it go. I'm like, okay, it's, it's just a... It, it must be me. So I completely forgot. I didn't write it down or anything. So I didn't realize it happened a second time. But then when you brought it up, I was like, wow, isn't that something? Yeah. But do you guys notice that about, about the films from this time period? That they are kind of dated now because of the way they do the big... The, the music stinger jump scare thing. I'm, now I'm going by memory, Dave. So I could be I could be wrong, but I, if I I don't have a note for it, but I almost thought that they didn't put the stingers in this one. So I, I, I went the other way. Not a lot, but when they did it, the music was like twice as loud as the audio. 
Like it was too loud of a, like somebody I, walking by, like one of those things. Bah! I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't notice it. I. I. I I'm side, not siding, but I. I feel more along the line of Christian. I thought you I were just, talking specifically about the soundtrack. It felt almost very '90s popish. At oh times. yeah, and and I and I and I respected that. And it was. Oh fine. no, that's it's, fine. It's a fun feel. It. It felt like a throwback. It felt like a blend of. Uh, I mean, this to me is like Friday the Thirteenth meets The Shining. <laughs> the set. I mean, they even. They're even in. Uh, they go into room two thirty-seven. I know, I know. Yeah, that's great. great. Yeah, I, I never miss something like that. That's that, that's pretty badass. Okay, here's because it's the third time for me seeing this film. I noticed that yes, they're not gory kills, but they're actually kind of creative and they're kind of good. Now I think I'm understanding why people uh, were so high on this film, and it took me this this view to figure that out. Like there, that one scene with um, uh, who's that? The pretty blonde girl. Uh, engine engine yeah her what what her death that whole scene she's running around and she's bloodied and she's trying to get away and he, he's coming after her and she's running and she's already bloody and then she gets down and i love when they do this in horror movies they do it in a handful of them but it's always effective when she when they almost get there, there. <laughs> yes you and she yeah. sees her boyfriend type guy yeah. through the stairs there and she's trying to get to him and he can't hear her i love when they do that that was a good scene, and pretty much the kills they showed, while not gory, were still kind of cool anyway. They were just well-played kill scenes. My only complaint, again, when it comes to kills is a couple times it seems like somebody obviously died, and they actually didn't. And uh, yeah. That guy, when he gets his neck snapped, when they see him out there, and then he gets found again later, you think for sure he's dead. You know, the guy comes up behind him, and he grabs his head, and he... He pulls him back, and you know you get that old classic Jason kill when you grab somebody's head and you snap their neck. I thought that that did kill him. You're talking about Mikael? I'm talking about the the boyfriend of no uh, Eric. Or oh Eric. no, Eric just gets a pickaxe to the face. He gets like smashed in the face. Who's so the you... one that comes back later? Eric. Okay. Well, maybe but, was... I. You know what? I didn't get a sense that he was dead. I just knew he got whacked, but you couldn't tell whether it was like a bloody like pickaxe tip through the brain or just like a smash i'm knocking you unconscious and bringing you back to my dungeon okay well so i'll tell you I, what I, I had no problem the one who it gets the next to... snap the one who gets the next snap dies from the okay next well, my mistake then. okay well it happened yeah. to him and then it happened later on to his girl our lead girl remember it's a cut scene he comes up behind her and swings the thing and then you know even he thinks she's dead yeah and she's just that's again i'm not picking this movie apart the, the complaints that i've said there will be no more complaints from me. Everything else I have to say about this movie is aces. But those are my little nitpicks. There are a little bit of like slasher tropes, though, where where there's always like the one or two characters that you, you obviously need them to to survive. Otherwise, the movie would be over after ten minutes. Where they kind of they get knocked out instead of killed for no apparent reason. It's, it's just like, weird when it happens twice in the same film. Yeah, yeah. But but I like it because it added to the to the tension of it, and I, I like uh, I like the fact that they brought back certain characters, and I like the the relationship between these characters. I mean, even you know the reason why they're there because Morton, Morton Tobias, yeah yeah, their friend. Even he, you know, he hurts himself, and you think, okay, here's like the annoying uh, outcast friend, but he, he's really not, and he really is a pretty strong character, and I really like the way they develop uh, 
the story with him and our lead girl and the way it plays out ultimately. They go against stereotypes, for sure. They really do. They really I, do. I found our... the music cue. But finish with your thought, Brandon. I no, think go, I can... go ahead. I, I, I want to hear it. No doubt. Oh, boy. <laughs> no doubt about it. Wow. More from part two, because it's that sort of souped up version that they, mm-hmm. I think they do more in Phantasm 2 even. But it's there. It's just, it's like a playoff of that. I don't know if that was loud enough, but hopefully I can boost the levels up even uh, in post. So you can hear Here's it. my note. Okay. Here's my note. Your one Bombastic, note. <laughs> bombastic music. That was what I put in my... In my when I look at my actual notes, maybe it just sounded too loud compared to the rest of the audio to me when it, when it came in a couple of times. I think that's that's what I was trying to say before. Maybe it wasn't so much a jump scare stinger. I don't know. It just seemed bombastic at times. That's all. I was just that was the word that I just read right now. I go. That's that's the point I was trying to make. But whatever. You guys didn't pick up on anyway. So whatever. <laughs> it doesn't no, matter. No, I didn't. I didn't pick. And you know what? It's weird because even some of the stereotypical things going on in this film the idea that some of the characters know sort of some medical stuff some are handy with generators and stuff it, it it all made sense with this group of characters they weren't like a bunch of dumb kids you know calling each other names and fucking around with each other and all of a sudden they're they're geniuses it felt like this was an intelligent group of friends that that knew that were worldly and, and knew stuff they wanted to you fuck re- but they still were smart yeah, yeah, they were, they, and that and that's fine. Portray them as strong, independent characters on their own, even though they're they're all hooking up or want to hook up. Uh, and it was, and they they played it off well, being in the abandoned hotel and everything like that. As as things build, as they realize where they are and what's happening, uh, you know, they don't do st- the traditional stupid things. They kind of group together whoever's left that is and fight uh, yeah. back, hide whatever it may be, and they try to get the fuck out of Dodge. Like it plays off really well. Yeah, and their plans are smart, but not overly smart to the point where it's like, oh my god, this is a ridiculous idea that they have that is so far-fetched. But they're not stupid either, even though they're doing some sort of stuff. You know, oh, let's put the dress over here and sit against it. It's sort of like first reaction type stuff where it's like, this makes sense. I'll say one other thing. The second movie makes this one a better film. Yes. And and I'll get to that more when we talk about part two, obviously. Uh, and I did like, and I thought it was funny. The song at the end was "All My Friends Are Dead." <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's yeah. the song that leads us into the final credits. And I, I put a note of that because I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was that was good. You know, if, if one th- one complaint I do have, actually two small complaints. I did feel like the first half, even though I love the characters and I'm not bored by it, I, I recognize that it's a little bit slower. Well, these movies take their time to get to the first kill. I think both movies are about the forty-minute mark. How- yes. How- However, yeah. I didn't. I didn't find that. I was like the way it was filmed, the camera angles, movements, the likability factor, the dialogue, kept me engaged. That's so why I- it's just a small issue be- yeah. because you know you don't want to see any of these characters get killed that they that they build it up for so long. But I I was aware. I'm like, all right, this has got to you know start moving now because I know it's ultimately a slasher film because I've seen it, and also I guess it's. I don't know what it is, but I wish there were more color in this. It's, it's the got the washed out look. It's, it's got it's that got washed the, out yeah. look of, of those films from that time. And this film, would you if this had the vibrant colors, man, ah, oh, this would be fucking 
I liked it. Amazing. I liked the look of it. But you can blame David Fincher with Seven, the mm-hmm. bleached look. That was and, – and his movie was like a game changer in that regard. And then everybody started doing it. It became – it became a trope. I'm not saying that this is the same style as that film, but I'm just saying it, it didn't went into having these the bleached look, saw with the green hues and, and everything else what sort of came later. But I actually, I dug the look of all three films and they all look like part of the same trilogy. They all follow the yeah. same sort of True. color palette, if you will. You know, I like the look. And reason being, it's a movie about being in the cold and the movie, because of that look and that blue... It kind of seems like it's cold. That that's where I like it. It seems like it fits in. It's it's, it's a cold movie. Yeah, I, I I get that. Not that I'm against you know vibrant colors and all that, but for whatever reason, just the the just because of the setting of the film, it almost seems like it was done with intent. Now I don't think it was because it was the thing at the time, but I, I do kind of like that. And I do have a couple more. See, I really like the film. Go but I know. Go balls but I, I really like the film, but. Don't you guys think that they should have been more panicked when they found his hideout and they saw all the jewelry and all that stuff and they said this is recent and this place has been closed for 30 years but we see this newer jewelry where they knew that these kids figured out for a fact that for some reason at this dead place somebody's storing all this new stuff. Don't you think if you were in a position like that you would think something was afoot and not be goofing off five minutes later? Don't you think they should have panicked? I'm pretty sure they did panic. I'm pretty sure they got the sense because she even makes the comment that uh, these are the you know there's a lot of uh, things left behind here that people don't leave behind. I know that, but then five minutes later they they were they were being cavalier again. They were fine. It was over with. They weren't. Nobody was bugging about it or anything. They just they just resumed and because I remember even watching the film saying, oh wow, they they, they sure fell right back into. Uh, you know, I just mean, having fun. Maybe, but it wasn't like they found blood and, and whatever. You know, I hate when they, they find blood. You know, one, one random character decides to take a finger and uh, wipe it up and then smell or taste it. Yeah, this is blood. Like They didn't go that far or anything like that. It was jewelry. I mean, yeah, I can understand them being a little bit like, what the fuck? But it would have been worse had they done like... Some, I'm pretty sure some their reaction was, okay, we're going to get out of here now. They, I, they, I don't think they were in panic for their lives because they didn't realize anyone was yeah. dead at that point this is the part where they're like okay we're leaving and that's when uh Yannicka, our lead who's phenomenal goes to Injun's room because she had had the fight with uh with, with mikhail and that's when she the sees the blood right and that's when she yeah. sees the blood and that's when of course the, the well, panic yeah. starts. when they so, see the blood the panic started but right after when she said Let, i want to get out of here she just meant out of that downstairs part. As soon as she went back up in the hallway, she was smiling and laughing with uh, with the other guy, Mikhail. I don't yeah, remember I, the exact detail, but I, I had a sense like that at that point they were packing up to get out of there. I, I was expecting them to, and then they started playing around. I was like, what the hell? I go, they're, they're, they're being pretty jovial considering a minute ago, because it was like literally like a minute or two later. She said, let's get out of here. We shouldn't be here. I think well, she it, was just saying, let's get out of this this section of the hotel and let, let's go back up. And when they got up there, it just seemed to me like they were. Well, it's, it's definitely unsettling all the stuff in the room. And of course, we know exactly what's going on because the opening montage alludes <laughs> to over 100 hikers gone missing. Right. But, you know, if, if they're in the dark over this, which clearly they are because they didn't even know about this place, you know, they 
they might just be like, okay, well, this person's a hoarder. Why do they have all this stuff? It's creepy. Let's let's prepare to get out of here. But I don't remember the jovial scene. I believe you, but I I, I can I can even forgive that or or buy it. It wasn't excessively jovial. They just okay. went they were just laughing and cracking a joke in the hallway. Something jovial. <laughs> it was something. Yeah. I, I remember looking at that particular scene, which was they were in the hallway. It was right after, and they both had smiles on their faces, and they were cracking a joke about something. All right. That's all I was thinking. It, it was on the verge. It was like almost that tipping point before the real panic set in, before they found the blood in the room. Which makes sense. When you see the blood, of yeah. course that's when they panic. And then everything goes, kicks into high gear, and it's great. And there's lots to love about that, and everything that goes on in the final... You know, the final showdown and everything, and the look of the killer, which none of, none of us have mentioned, is great. <laughs> everything about it, the mask, the size of him. The, I'll tell presence. you, I, yeah, I, I mean, and you never really know his name until the, th- is it the third one? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I was calling him the Mountain Man for, for the first two films until we finally learned his name. But, yeah, very, uh, very menacing, enormous. Yeah, man. <laughs> that yeah, too. Definitely. Yeah, and the but, kills were definitely emotional because you cared about mm-hmm. all these characters because they developed them so well. I mean, and that's even though I was nitpicking about the first half of the film because it, it, you're aware that it's moving a little slower. They are giving you the, our sort of setup of these characters and and the type of people they are, and they're all genuinely good people that you care about. They are. And that scene in particular with uh with with Morton and. Uh, Yannicka when he's high, when he's in the pantry and he you know and she's like and he's like I got some I have to tell you something and she's like I know yeah and, and in the end I was just like ah oh, man I just I don't want it to end this way I know I know that was all that that That's whole good, part though. was really cool no yeah. it's very good it's very yeah. good these are five characters you genuinely care about mm-hmm. and, and that and whole I, angle with the gun was really cool when they only had so many bullets. And, yeah, and, and the whole thing, and and how and how smart of by uh, how smart of the killer to do the whole human shield trick that was fucking brilliant, man. You know, yeah, you know what? And another thing that probably a lot of people saw coming. I watched it with my father, and I and, I, and he said he said right then and there he's like, it's going to be Eric. He's going to have Eric with him because he knew Eric was in the room, so he knew he was going to use him as, as a shield. But it was still suspenseful. And man, Morton had a quick uh, a quick reflex to push that gun out of the way. <laughs> yeah he's like a fucking ninja <laughs> yeah man man it is a damn good movie and there's one in a great final girl fantastic you know? one of one yeah. of my favorites now yeah, i would agree and <laughs> she only gets better in part two that's the craziest yeah, part like, you know I, I love her in part two but i felt like i felt like it's weird because i call this one friday and uh how and um and The Shining Part 2 becomes Halloween 2, where yep. they kind of numb her up. So, uh, maybe a, not as much as they did Jamie Lee, but <laughs> but a little bit too much where I wanted. But she she definitely picks up in, yeah. in the second half of Part 2 and becomes, like, so badass. Definitely. But you know what? I like the, the whole angle when it was a fake out. When you thought that the, that, the, that hop along, that he got killed. And it was a fake out with the blood, but it was actually like food dead spilled or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was a jam yeah. or whatever he was into. It. Yeah. Yeah. Syrup jam, whatever. I watched this movie a long time ago because I think we were thinking of doing this last show. So I started watching them like four weeks ago, if you remember. I think you just got a jump start. I, I think you just were eager to jump into these. Yeah. Well, I was. <laughs> I was. But I, I watched uh, the first two out of the gate. And then I think I, and I watched the third one. Uh, Which gate? Yeah, just out of the gate. My 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 sane. 
<laughs> I, invent, I invented that. <laughs> like Dave always says for the show. Uh, anyway, I gave this a 7.25 out of 10. I give it a 7.5. Yeah, I gave it a 7.75. Wow. How was I the lowest? I thought I was born wow. at the most, and I ended up coming in the lowest. Wow. And yeah. honestly, if it wasn't for just a few pacing issues that I that I noticed, I, I probably would have gone to the 8 mark. It's a strong film. It might even be an 8 for me. It's just it's a really good film. It's got a lot just, of watchability to it. I just have a few nitpicks, and that's funny because I had the most nitpicks, but the stuff that I love, I genuinely love. One more thing I didn't mention. The chick should have ran away. At the end, when she's freaking doing her thing, and the killer walks to the edge to push the bodies in the, in the freaking, you know, uh, over that cliff or whatever, he's a good 20 yards away. And she's all she would have had to do was freaking run. He never would have caught her. That's no, I think, I, that, I think that was the thing. I actually admire yeah. her for the opposite. I'm thinking she knows she can't outrun this. She's not going to survive in this weather with him chasing her. He's way too fast. I, I, feel, like, I feel like she made the smart choice, and it was just, oh, it was such a cool scene. It was cool. It was definitely cool and 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 actually, kind of sad, <laughs> you know the way it's portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. Sort, of, quick, sort of like quick flashback. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad revelation. You don't know why, and you still and we still don't really necessarily find out a hundred percent. I mean, as the series goes on, we do, but it's I still have questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we'll get there. But we'll get there as we as we go. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, admittedly. I like two better. Really? Interesting. I've okay. heard people say that. You know what I think it missed? You know, I enjoy a lot of it. It lacks the camaraderie of the kids of part of part one. That's what I think it lacks. As far as a slasher, it may actually be a better set up traditional slasher, even though I praise the first one for being that way. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I hear what you're saying, but I loved, I loved, them coming to picking up right after part one so here we are Uh, wait i'm not even going to get into it brandon shoot us the deets all right cold prey 2 2008 yannicka wakes up in the hospital all of her friends are dead as she walks through the dark corridors she thinks she is left alone but the nightmare isn't over yet and i you know i I, I see both of your points i agree that that there's there's an opportunity here where the slasher elements become definitely heightened even though they do reuse a kill the slash elements become heightened but there's nowhere near that that character that camaraderie amongst characters that was it's exactly what i said one. it yeah. felt it, it, it felt a little too disjointed between the characters for me see, it felt like there, it, it felt like there were like six different storylines going on because you, you got yannicka you got uh what was what was the camille the, the, Camilla, you got Ali, you got you got Einer now. We get the the cop, the chief, Einer, who's like going to play a big a big part in this one and in the third one. So it's just oh, they it make was, you think he's like guilty or something. You feel like there's he knows a lot more than than he's he's trying to break the story, and of course, then we build to 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 where it goes. But I liked having the the fact that now there's two final girls that are both equally kick ass. I like how they build them up. I love the fact that they bring it to the the hospital to the big nod to Halloween too, and yeah. uh, the fact that they bring the killer there and all the victims, and then you do feel it just brings that humanity back to it because she's sad. She sees that her friends are dead. They're all there, and of course, they they start reviving the killer. And in that revival sequence, is amazingly filmed. 
with the slow-mo and her, and they're holding her back, wondering, like, she's gone crazy. And, of course, they realize they've done something wrong. And then it leads into one of the best scenes in the whole series, which is the whole cops going after them and hearing the gunshots and them on the radio and not knowing what the hell is going on. And then they've got to go in to try to figure out what the fuck's happening and who's alive and where that guy is. And I thought it was scary, tense. I, I just... I loved everything about it. I thought they took the original and just souped it up and then managed to continue the story because you get really the flat, the opening and the flashback ending in part one, and that's it. And here you get all the story. So you get the backstory here as well, which makes it a stronger movie. So yeah, you don't get the camaraderie amongst friends, but you still get a great group of characters that you like, new, and you get some great kills and you get the backstory as well. And, I can't disagree. I can't disagree with any of that. Yeah. And then and then it goes to, to, to one up it. It takes the action back to part one to the abandoned the abandoned hotel for the end part for the final fight. And I love the little t- the little add on that she goes to the guest book and signs oh. all of her friends' names in it. I thought that yeah. was fucking kick ass. It just ends up making this not so much a part two, but a full extension of part one, as if it was one big movie. And I didn't watch it directly back to back but actually i lie no i did watch i, it I did back-to-back. i did too i did yeah. watch it directly back to back and i was like wow this is great so that remind that scene yeah. that was you. a great scene when she signs the book it reminded me uh of like a uh, hush like almost yeah. like like penning that final letter like knowing this might be the end yeah like something like I, I re- it was very powerful in that moment yeah. even though she just like also shawshank brooks was here <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we've got, right. we got nods. I, I'm blowing my load here, but that's fine. I'll blow my load, and you guys go to and tear it down yeah. or add to it. But I, like I said, the picks up right after part one. Loved it. Love the fact that you get that abandoned car. The Burger King Cup is still there. Uh, the, it's definitely gorier. You wanted gore? Part yes, one was yes. a little less gore. This was gory. It still takes its time building up. It's about 40 minutes when the first kill happens. The multi-slit neck with the keys, I believe, was... Is this this one? Yep. Yeah. That's yes, the that's the kill. first one, the, the first cop, kill. the, the blonde cop. There's some great shots in this. It, keep, it Like I said, it keeps the same sort of colors. And whenever they, they do, like, that scene where he sees the girl in the rearview mirror, opens the car door, and the car door sort of shifts over. And I just love the way that they, they frame some things. Like I said, nod, big nod to Halloween 2 with the hospital. And, and yes, there's not the group of friends, but I still don't think... It matters when you realize that this is a continuation of the story and you get a new group and they go through hell as well. And you like all those characters too. Now I'm just repeating I, myself. <laughs> I do like those characters. I do. I, I like, uh, what's her name? Camilla. And I like, what's her name? The pretty girl. Um, actually, they were all pretty. Actually, just about every girl in all three of these movies is, <laughs> yeah. is a pretty girl. So whatever, which is good. If you're in a slasher series, that, that's... Nothing wrong with that. But uh, what's her name? Odd Hild or something? I liked her. And, and the cop was Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, the blonde who got yeah. the, uh, the double tap with the fire extinguisher. Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Good kill. But I, would... I do. I like them all. But the thing is, I don't like them the way I like the first group. And that is the only thing. Everything that you've said about it, see, I agree with. Uh, the gore, um, the backstory, the setting everything seeing everybody come back in and picking up right where the other one left off is great especially the first time you see her when you see um what's her name 
Janik? Well, I don't know how you pronounce yeah, it. I, I'm saying it like Yannicka. I'm not sure. Okay, Yannicka. But... That's fine. I think, I think is that, that is it. Is that like the hat? Yamaka. Right. That's Yamaka. That's, that's <laughs> Peter, my brother. Peter that's Peter Rabbi. Rabbi. Peter Rabbi. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> Brilliant. The first time you see her, though, when she's standing there with holding the freaking uh, the pickaxe, yeah. frozen there, that's badass, man. Yeah. Just, it, everybody else comes in. Every all the original cast members return, but as corpses. But still, there it, it it picks right up. Yeah. I really appreciate all that stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in the film. And know what I noticed? There's loud music stingers again. I noticed that speaking of music, they actually have a theme song, and it runs through part one and part two. And, and you recognize it more when you hear it in the second. But okay, they went with that same song, and it's cool, and it, it fits the film. It's good. There's really. There's a lot going on here. Uh, there's a good kill to begin. The first one, the, the cut, the extinguisher scene, the way they bring him back is cool. It's actually done smart. What they say about you know him being frozen and it's happened before and the heart rate and everything else. and Is it supernatural? I don't know. Maybe you're trying to figure it out as you're watching it. And then they explain it in a way that, you know what, maybe it is supernatural or maybe somebody beat the odds. Because the way they explained it, it could go either way. But it's not something anyone should should fault by any no. means when watching the, these types of films. I mean, Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's it's a slasher film, so of course yeah. the killer's going to come back. Right. It's no more ridiculous than uh, anything. Right. Frank and Jason. Right. What do you say, Rank and Jason? Frank and Jason. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to rank them Jasons. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to say, again, I noticed that I felt like even though the setting... I, I loved. I did feel like it, it was again a little bit slower, and I'm not. I'm not saying I would have changed anything, but part of me is thinking maybe it should have started with her already in the hospital. I do love the scene where 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 Ollie goes out and finds her. Ollie, I'm assuming, is a police officer because at one point he's got a gun later on in the film. But uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what he is. But I'm not either. But there were there were some scenes that felt like filler, like like showing her friends, showing her dead friends to her. Like all bloodied, still it felt like a like a silly scene, and even the doctor, he, he almost justifies it the way uh, the way Loomis justifies Michael driving, the the main doctor, the male doctor in the next scene saying, "What are you, an idiot for for doing that?" That wouldn't happen. That that, that would not. Something. That would absolutely would not happen. It just seemed ridiculous. I mean, it's not even like they were cleaned up and like, okay, you want to go see your friend? No, they were. I mean. Yeah. But they I th- still have the pickaxe. But I bought it. Exactly. I, it was a dumb thing for them to do, and they, they, they explained it away. I bought it, and I think they wanted to bring back the people and, yeah. and, and show that direct connection, and I can't fault it for that. I Because I, nah. you know it was written to be like that then and, and to give you a little another nod to the original and, and to yeah. bring some people back. And, yeah, yeah, it may have not happened quite like that, or they'd have to you know give a couple of wet naps at least over the the wounds uh, before they brought her in but yeah i think it has something to do with um with too many characters being in too many different directions doing different things i know we we learned basically what happened here because einer our our cop he, he he sort of all of a sudden it finally hits him isn't he aware of the 110 people who have gone missing over the last few years but all of a sudden with Yannicka's story, it hits him and he goes back and he listens to the news story and he finds out that, uh, you know, when the parents said he went out to play like normal and he's connecting it to these animal slings and he's starting to realize that that this boy who disappeared was not such an innocent young boy. Let me ask you, since you brought it up, 
And I was going to wait till the next film because it's a running theme. What's with the skinned animals and all that shit? What is he, it he implying? Was, he, implying that he was, in, you know, showing early signs of being a killer. Yeah, the he kids was just did, I didn't know. Yeah. If it, I didn't know if that took place after he went missing or before. Maybe that's why. No, that's why he went missing. He, he <laughs> yeah. was. He was just not normal, and he. Yeah. yeah. He was in well, a, because oh. we find out. He, we find out he was a stillborn. He was. Yeah. He was a stillborn, which and he. Is, uh, which explains him coming back. So he uh, came yeah. back from death. From the beginning, Twice. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. why the parents did that. It's fucking great. Like, oh, it's a, yeah. It's exactly why the parents did it, but it also okay. sets up a big, and we we're not there yet, obviously, but a huge mistake in part three, an absolute huge mistake that really drops the film tremendously. Hmm. Well, we'll get there. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely we'll curious. get there, but um, <laughs> hmm. yeah, it, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I liked everything that was presented to me. It just felt like it was very disjointed. I even liked the character of having the little boy Daniel in there, but there was like no reason for him to be there. Like, yeah, true. the mother. But but I liked it. But I still like I don't know. This these are nitpicks where I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta take a little bit away. It seems ridiculous. This one's over here doing that. This one's there was no camaraderie among the characters until Yannicka and and Camille team up right. and then become badass. And of course that scene, you know, it, it's it was very cliche of her not to shoot the mountain man outside just to make sure like she immediately turned around and went back to uh Camille who was there and then of course turns around and he's gone. I mean it, it had to be done because it sets up one of the coolest scenes of, you know, her getting on the uh snowmobile. And just heading off because she knows where he's going. She knows he's going home. Right. That's an awesome scene. But it at the same cool. time, it's like, come on, you, you would have, you would have shot him. <laughs> I just and, thought I, I was surprised. I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking, boy, it's awfully. I thought they were far away from that freaking place. I thought the, the, that's that, another. He could never get there that quick, and she could never. And, that's well, what that, I was thinking. That, I'm like, that's, boy, that's, that's another. Close. That's another nitpick that I had. That you know, obviously for. You know, I, I'm not gonna fault it's this. Slasher shit. She, she drove right back there in in two minutes. Yeah, he walked was, back. What about him? Back there. He yeah. walked back there in one how minute. Fuck did he get there? And, right? and how did Camille? <laughs> know yes, but... What did she just follow the, the tracks? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they were in the pitch black too. This will tell to yeah. be up and running like next two, two days. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> get back there no time. I admit it. Yes, but that was again. Now you've kicked the, f- the movie into final gear, and you're going for the final showdown. That story arc and that, yes, <laughs> is it a fault? No, it's just convenience. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's a little silly, but hey. But it it doesn't it doesn't strip the film of its fun, and that the kill at the end is freaking awesome. The pickaxe throw, and then the the final scene, fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Definitely. I think the, I thought the killer might have been. I thought I thought the killer would have taken off some of his clothes in the hospital. He had to have been hot wearing all that fucking clothes <laughs> the whole fucking movie. The guy's got a mask on, big coat, this and that. I'd be sweating. That's yeah. what Dave's worried about. I'm sweating in these sh- <laughs> <laughs> Just watching him, I was hot for him. I was like, holy fuck, you got to be dying in there, dude. <laughs> and here's something I would have done if it was my film. You know that part which which we laughed at earlier because right? why would they let her see them? It's ridiculous. But when she goes in there and sees all her friends and then sees the killer and she runs over to that thing and he's colored up still. So, you know, and she starts beating on him and should I hate you? If this was my movie, it would have been a mistake and she would have beaten up the wrong guy. That would have been <laughs> brilliant. Just some random dead fat guy. You know what I mean? Or they open up and it's Peter Rabbi. Yeah. Hey, what are you hitting me? <laughs> <laughs> <Good thing. laughs> Holy fuck. 
it, it's weird because Christian, you kind of being the 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 high praiser of this one, you're making me like it even more now. I just it's think good. it completes the first movie even, and I think it does. It, it, it it does, does. a lot of callbacks and then builds upon what was presented. Whether they had the idea, you almost figured they must have had the idea because the first one really doesn't give you much. It gives you that opening, and then a quick a quick flashback as he falls into the abyss. So to speak. Yeah, uh, but you, and you, that's get, it. you get newspaper clippings. Yeah. Like the, the main difference, though, for me is in part one, every death hurt. I was like genuinely upset over every single death that occurred. In part two, obviously, Yannicka and Camille were really the only two I was cheering for. Like, but I like, cared like, for if, everybody else, too. Like, I mean, I actually cared for them and I, I did like them. And I, I just thought that they, they did it in a way that it was more entertaining and action packed. Whether you like, prefer that or not. Well, depend on yeah. you, the viewer. I actually did like that, and I just thought uh, once it started going again, it built, and I didn't find that forty minutes was long. I thought it was actually faster paced than the first movie, and then once definitely it hit, fa- definitely faster paced than the first. But I felt I felt the first half again was a, maybe a little long in the setup. But but I missed the intimacy. Uh, of exactly. Exactly. The However, I'll just throw it out there. My rating is the same. It's a seven point five. I like them. I like them equally. So everything great that C said about this film, I'm with it, but I, I can't rate it higher because I enjoy, like I said, the camaraderie and the, the intimacy and the certain things about the first one a little more. Ultimately, I rate them both seven and a half, so that's good. You know what? I, I'll give it a seven and a half as well. Wow. Okay. And I'm, I'm an eight, eight out of ten. I thought this was the best of the, the series, and, and I liked all three quite a bit. Uh, and one and two are definitely the standouts. Oh, without a doubt. And I think uh, people might might listen to this and think we're coming in a little low because I know some people hold these films in super high regard. But I- I'll say this for I'll say this for all three of the films, even though three is is the weakest, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I, I will say that whatever the rating is, it-, it can always change for me. These are highly enjoyable, rewatchable films. Absolutely, and th- yeah, again, first time watches. And I would check them out immediately again. Like I, I just yeah. said, wow, I added three new slasher films to the roster. Uh, yeah. And, and these would have been contenders had we been oh, yeah. not just doing North American slashers. Uh, the the yeah. first two would have definitely showed up in my top 50. Me too. With that yeah. rating, 7.5, yeah. definitely. Yeah, they would have. So, awesome. well, should we take our final break, come back to our uh, quick yeah, trips? Yeah, let's take, and let's triple take a two and, and part three. <laughs> Boom. All right. Flips. Flippy. Hello. Have you ever heard of MSK 3000? Yeah, well, we ain't them. But we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies. So join me, your host, Nudie, along with my co-host, Jake the Snake, and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite, or maybe not-so-favorite movies, on the NFW Podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia, and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter or NFW podcast at yahoo.com. Let's do this. A couple triple R's and then Coldplay 3 to finish it up. So, um, well, I went first before, so I, got, I guess I'll keep it up. Triple R 2018. Now, this is a movie that's not out yet, except, except you can rent it. On Vimeo for $2.99. It's going to be released. By the time you hear this show, it's probably going to be about three weeks away from uh, actual uh, release physical 
and uh, rental to VOD elsewhere. But you can get it on Vimeo for two ninety nine. A lot of people talked about this movie last year because it did come out overseas. And it's a foreign movie. And damn it that I don't know. Australia, maybe? I don't know. We can I can look it up as I'm talking. But this movie is called Cat Sick Blues. And as a matter of fact, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this trend of just reading it off the B. Cat Sick Blues. Let's see, uh when Ted's beloved cat dies, it causes a mental breakdown. Now he believes that the only way to bring back his pet his pet is taking the lives of nine humans. So Ted dons vicious, deadly cat claw gloves and a creepy cat mask and goes on a murderous rampage. <laughs> As the butchery escalates, a twisted romance blossoms between Ted and Claire, a young woman who has also recently lost her cat. Okay. Disturbing film, strange film, good kills. The thing, this movie is kind of high on people's list. I think Watson has it in his top five so far for this year, and I've seen it on on another list as well. So people are really digging the film. I really do dig parts of it because I like the kills, and I like the story. It's kind of a disturbing uh, character piece to a degree, but because we do learn a lot about the killer, but we also learn a lot about the lead. I have a, a few issues that, that mess with it, but it's still a good film. I just, uh, from what I'm hearing so far, I'm, I'm not loving it the way other people are. But basically, this girl has a uh, YouTube channel, and she has her cat on there all the time. I forget the damn cat's name, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a hit. So it starts with an I or something. But it's anyway, kind of a hit. Her a show hit? is kind of a hit. Oh. She's getting like, you know, 10 million views per video and shit like that on YouTube, and she has a cat. It's like major Fuckles. cat. Be- yeah, fuck. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this girl has her has her thing going on, and we see that in, in the first few minutes of the film, there's a cat masked killer. This guy has a cat mask on, pretends to be a cat, kills a couple girls right off the bat. Good cat mask fever. <laughs> <laughs> now we get over to this viral cat video girl, and she has a somebody happens to come to her place, and. He's an obsessed fan, and somehow he finds out where she lives, and she comes up. He ends up coming in the place, and she lets him in. This is the first time she met him, but she lets him in. So I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of a little strange, but she does. One thing leads to another, and this is being videoed. Uh, he brings a, a, a thing with him, and you know he's filming the interaction, and he's holding the cat, and he wants to dress the cat up and stuff. And she's like, no, I don't like to dress him up. It's They don't like that. And long story short, guy loses his cool and kills the fucking cat. He's trying to hide it. There's a struggle for the cat. Kills the cat and then throws it out, out the window. <laughs> then, <laughs> then he proceeds to rape the girl. Fuckles. So this, what? This what? All up. Rape the cat? Yes. The, the girl. Woman. Oh, okay. Rape, rape he, the woman. The he only killed the cat and chucked it out the window. Now he's raping the girl. So she gets raped. And then he, he leaves. He takes his camera with him. He leaves his camera on a bench because he's all distraught. So now this, this video leaks uh, of the cat woman being raped. And... <laughs> It's weird because it's kind Allie, of far-fetched. Allie Berry's in this? Yeah, <laughs> no, not her. <laughs> it's a little far-fetched because later on she sees people looking at the videos of it, uh, of, of a reaction to watching the rape video. I don't think that would play out that way. But whatever. So this girl ends up going to a place to grieve over it, like pet, like a, a support place. You know what I mean? A group. What's that shit called? Group therapy. Go, group therapy. Straight <laughs> talk only in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she goes to this group 
for, for sympathy, and she meets this other guy who's obsessed with cats. He is the cat killer, not the one that killed the cat, not the obsessed fan. He is the guy that wears the killer cat mask in the beginning and, and kills the two random girls. Now, it's weird because he's obsessed with cats, and he has a cat picture in his room and this and that and all this other shit, and he wears the mask, and he orders, he gets a cat dildo made for him personally and cat claws that actually he can kill with. You know what I mean? And this thing that he puts o- over genitals, it is a, a cat. And if he has sex with a girl with it. <laughs> sounds like a winner. This sounds bad shit. I can't wait to watch this. It is freaking bananas. <laughs> so this guy, it's weird because he's watching a video of a, of, a, of a girl, like a cam girl, and she's talking to him. So she knows him, right? And he's watching the video. And he, he, he's, he's masturbating to it, and, and she's talking about cat stuff, and he's wearing the cat mask and all this stuff. But then later on, we see he watches the video again, and in the video, he ends up being in the video, and he kills the camera girl. So I don't know what's going on here, or if he's imagining. There's a couple of just random things that don't quite add up, and that kind of is the deterrent to the movie a little bit. But like I said, there's still some good in here. Here's a problem I have. Deep down. The guy meets the girl at the group therapy. <laughs> They're grieving the cats. This guy bugs out about his cat, Patrick, that died a long time ago. This the guy's the killer now. And now this girl tells her story. And as she's telling her story, this guy starts convulsing and acting weird and, and, and just acting a little bit too weird. And he gets up and he goes to the bathroom. Why are right? you convulsing? <laughs> we heard it. We visually, visually, we verbally, ah, we audibly heard it. Nice try. See, that's what you get. We visually and verbally heard it. That's what you get. See? Fuck. <laughs> but the guy acts so weird that... When he comes back out of the bathroom and the girls at the at the uh, you know the service area getting cookies and a drink and I thought when he, when she when the guy comes out the girl that runs the, the therapy was gonna say, sir, you know maybe you should excuse yourself because your behavior was a little irrational and he just kind of he sees the girl and he apologizes you know sorry he goes sometimes in a group setting with something like this I get a little nervous well it was beyond a little nervous it just it was just kind of like spastic behavior that. Then he proceeds to ask her out to go get some meat, and she accepts. Uh, yeah, I would have got, gotten out of there. I would have made a straight feline for the door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, actually. I liked it. it was classic. Classic B. Nice. <laughs> but that's when I kind of lose sympathy for the girl. Because you see the guy acting in that manner. It wasn't like he was a little weird and had a nervous twitch. or so, The guy was, like, convulsing. And, and really, and, and he, he goes through these convulsions throughout this movie. And sometimes they play out a little bit long. Like you'll see him laying on the ground after he kills somebody or even by himself thinking about his cat in his room. And he, he'll be laying on the floor, convulsing, flopping around like a fish for like a minute straight. Are, are these genuine things or is this just sort of like a, a psychotic type thing that he's doing I where you can't psychotic. really say? Yeah, he's okay. fucked up. He's not like physically sick having a seizure. No, I don't think so. I just think oh, it's okay. a thing and he's just fucked up. I don't know. Maybe it is a seizure, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think of it that way because it only comes in certain moments. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But that was a little bit of a problem that I lost sympathy for her because she went on a date with him. Like, a guy acts that way. I don't think you're going to do that. It's just, let me get vicious kills. Then she, he ends up, she ends up, she's a, a pretty girl. He's an average looking guy. And then she sleeps with him. And it's just, it just goes to places that I didn't think it should have gone to. But there's some random trippy dream visuals uh, and shit that goes on. But anyway, it takes a real crazy body horror turn in the last third. Which, actually, it could have been cut out. It was disturbing, and it fucked me up, but it didn't do anything to the plot. And I don't want to spoil anything, but 
as much good as they're in this film, and it is disturbing, and it's an interesting film, there's just stuff they could have cut. It would have been a better film for it, or explain things a little bit better. No, but, no, no, Catball Chinian. <laughs> <laughs> some sick shit, dude. That that's I won't even tell you. It's some sick fucking shit. But good. I got a little annoyed with the killer and the convulsions, and some like I said, some of the dream sequences are unnecessary. Ultimately, it's a sad and tragic story. But it's got brutal kills in it, and it's it's weird, and it's 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 worth your time, you know. Again, it's a half head explosion. I wish I could come in higher, because it, there's something there. I just wish it could have been edited. There's a couple of things that I didn't like plot wise that I that I mentioned, and little things like that. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to check it out. It sounds sounds interesting. It's definitely interesting, and the kill. And there's another thing. He kills four girls at once. He puts on this mask, and he goes to this rave, and he ends up going. It ends up being like a hostel, and he goes into this place, and he kills four girls one after the other. But that's just it. The, they show this girl sitting there on the bed, watching him kill all the girls, and just like looking there, being nervous about it, and you know, backing up. But dumbass, why wouldn't she just get out of the room? She sits and watches her friends get killed, and then she gets killed. How are you gonna? You know what I mean? Just I love that shit. I like out. a good group kill like that. I'm I do too, it. but. I don't know. When you see it, maybe you'll love it. I, the way I saw it, I was like, why would you not leave? You're just going to watch your friends get killed and sit there and be a victim? Just maybe little sh- things like that. Maybe the shock of the moment. Yeah, I know, but come on. Three people? It wasn't like a... I don't know. Anyway, like I said, it's a half-head explosion. It's definitely worth checking out. It's disturbing and, and fucked up and good kills. That's what the... Good, gory, interesting, gross kills. So, there you have it. Cat sick blues. Awesome. Yeah, Fed Explosion sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for this. <laughs> I knew I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds bad shit just because that that's, it sounds like the type of film that's hard to even summarize shortly. I mean, there's just a lot going on there. All right. Uh, my first review, well, second, Triple R, is one you have talked about, Dave, and it's My Friend Dahmer. Ah, yeah. So a young Jeffrey Dahmer during his high school years, how he obviously struggles to belong. He's socially withdrawn. You you learn about his enjoyment of collecting roadkill and dissolving animals to study the bones. He he finally catches a small break in uh in in school when he becomes friends with these group of kids who sort of use him as like their mascot. It's weird. You were talking about convulsions because. Spends a lot of this movie like pretending to have seizures and and spaz out, and that's sort of what he becomes known for. And they take him under his, under their wing and sort of make him like a, their mascot until they eventually lose interest. I thought the film did a great job of uh, of showing how a young Jeffrey Dahmer suppressed uh, his sexuality as well as his desires to hurt to hurt others. Um, you know, there's this specific scene where he's stalking the doctor and he's got a bat and, and he ultimately doesn't go through with it. There's a scene towards towards the end of the film with one of his friends that is just great with tension. Absolutely yes. fantastic. Honestly, like, I, you know, I didn't read the book that this is based on, but I wonder if, if looking back on it now, if this character feared that, that he ultimately could have been Dahmer's first victim had he uh, not did what he did. But the the actor who played uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ross Lynch, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Totally, he he 
totally seems like he is Dahmer. You know he what I mean? Really he really is. It's interesting to watch this film and to to try to understand whether there was there was any chance of, of Dahmer being normal. I mean, ultimately there re- there really wasn't because you, you could see the behaviors even before shit really hits the fan at school and in his family life. I mean, his mother is mentally ill. His father eventually leaves them and uh, finds a new girlfriend. So he he's sort of on his own. The mother leaves with the younger brother. So he, he he's sort of outcast from his friends, from his family, and just from society fr- from the beginning. It's almost like he didn't have a chance even if he wanted to. But uh, You know what's really sad? He comes. He gets that high when he goes and talks his way into seeing the vice president. Yeah. And as soon as he comes back from that trip and his father picks him up, he's feeling good. He goes, how was the trip? He goes, it was great. It was like the first good thing that happened to him all this time. And yeah. then his father drops the bomb right then and there. Wow. Yeah. I'm moving. You, out. you know what? Like, yeah. Oh. That that was that was a powerful scene. I you know I didn't even real I didn't even know that happened. That's that's kind of creepy. It is. It, it's great. It's it's just it just really showcases his his high school years, and you just see his awkward behaviors and and how he uh, how it ultimately leads to to the beginning of uh, of what he became. It, I mean, it literally ends right where the Jeffrey Dahmer that people know begins. So it, it it's a heartbreaking film to watch because. You you kind of at first you kind of like this kid. They do humanize him. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, and I think that that was something. I mean, I was I was a eleven when he was when he was arrested, but I remember always hearing that 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 he had said that that he didn't blame his family or anything. That he it it wasn't anything that had been done to him. So, but at, at the same time, watching this, I thought to myself, I thought maybe it was sort of uh, his environment rather than uh, you know sort of built-in mental illness it's but, a combination of many things that's my yeah. thing, you know yeah cer- certainly is but uh if you haven't checked this one out this one's great and would make a great double feature with the uh the Dahmer film from 2002 i agree. really really yeah. would because yeah. i mean jeremy renner does great in that and ross lynch is fantastic in this and this is a high half head explosion cool yeah i can see that yeah, yeah that's to. where it was for me then the yeah. second time I watched it, it reached full. It really, it really impressed me. Yeah, on try, the I'm to, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, right now it's a, it's a high half, but it, it yeah. could definitely go up. Really, really well acted and uh, interesting. I like these type of films to see uh, showcase the the early years before uh, these killers become what they become. Now, now go listen to that test pattern episode. I'm gonna pimp it again. No, yeah. no, I I, def- I definitely will because I I mean this Very one good. was this one was uh this one was terrific. Yeah, it was. Right on. Cool. I'm going to do a movie that Dave uh, talked about a couple of episodes back, uh, and that is A Quiet Place from 2018. I'm not going to give a synopsis. I think everybody knows what the movie is about now. If you don't, a family has to stay quiet while creatures <laughs> that are susceptible to noise are, are all around them. Tense from the moment it starts. I managed to avoid the trailer here. I, I did the Dave Z not watch the trailer. And boy, nice. am I happy that I did that because I just recently listened to Friday the 13th and their review of the film, and they were not high on it at all. They were kind of middling on the film, and they said that there was no tension and that <laughs> things were ruined from seeing the trailer. And I was hitting my head going, "Yeah." as it stands right now, this is my front runner for best film. A horror film of the year. 
I actually heard since since you heard Friday Friday the Thirteenth that they actually have have gone down even more on the movie. That <laughs> <laughs> was wait, but... awesome. Awesome. It was a good joke. Though. Uh... <laughs> Brilliant. We wanted sound bites in this. Uh... I was shocked to hear the review, and and, and you can check their show out and, and see if you, if you align with them or not, but ultimately I did not. Uh, this movie has tension from the moment go, and I sat in the theater, and I was frozen. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd say frozen in fear, but I remember not moving, and I went to, I lovingly saw it in a practically empty theater. The audience was totally quiet. It was the perfect, I thought perfect it was empty. setting. <laughs> well, practically empty. I saw uh, it in an empty theater. The audience was very quiet. <laughs> All zero of them. This guy. The, I, I kept talking. <laughs> oh, shit. It's a quick watch. All the, the acting is top notch. I loved the kids. I loved everybody in it. I loved the the fact that there's like a lack of dialogue and most of the things are are signed out it is probably the best example of a PG-13 horror movie to come out in a long time i can't praise the movie enough full head explosion and you have to see it if you haven't seen it already i yeah, I, I, I still got to see it but I i'll t- i'll tell you right now i i I watch trailers. I've seen the trailer to this, oh. and I do feel like, even though I haven't seen the movie yet, that I know some stuff that that probably would have been better had I not watched this trailer. You gotta Without listen to me. I, I know, but like, I like I can't go in completely blind. My mouth dropped. I, I was on edge. I felt everything yeah. the characters went through. The physical torment, and I'm talking about an old nail sequence, and, mm-hmm. and, and whenever you feel everything, and you're right there with them. In this setting, I, I I just I have not felt that type of tension in a movie in a in a long time, and consistently throughout the film, we're not just talking about segments. It right. kind of just stays with you the whole time, and and it's very fast paced. And what a humdinger of an ending to just leave! I left with a big old smile on my face. That was cool. It didn't even fit the anything about the rest of the film, which is unusual. It, but and I will say mean. that it, it, it's kind of like, uh, wait a yeah. second, that's right out of a, a totally different movie, but it right. somehow worked. Right. It still I, somehow worked. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of needed it after the, the, the somber feeling of the entire, yeah. you needed something at the end, uh, one way or the other. Yes. I almost don't want to watch this movie again as much as I loved it. And I'm, it's my front runner too. I know. I don't think, I don't think I can ever, uh, have that same experience that I had as seeing it the first time. So part of me doesn't want to watch the movie again because I'm, I'm afraid to tarnish that experience. That's how great it was. Yeah. No, I can when it comes to that, suspense, but... you know, yeah. you know where you're going, you've been there. So the, all, all that, when you're on edge the whole time, I don't think you can replicate that seeing it a second time because you know where it's going to go. There are things that I questioned even in the theater, but again, Dave, I let things go. I think you you would hold on to these things and say, I don't like this. Well, what about this? I I some I just let it go for the pure enjoyment of the or or the experience that I'm having at that time. Is it perfect? No. Ultimately, I'm I'm basing it on experience and the, the overall enjoyment factor as well. Nice. Right on. Awesome. Yeah. 
just uh, I hear you. I've listened to other podcasts cover it, and they brought things up that I didn't notice, and I was like, oh well, you know what? Maybe you're right. If I think about this and this, I could bring it down a half a point. But that's as far as I could bring it down. You know what I mean? Well, but as far as people complain about the pregnancy thing, many podcasts. Why would they get pregnant? I'm thinking that doesn't bother me at all. That doesn't bother me at all. No, who gives a fuck? My my so my complaint comes with the frequencies. Game was weak or whatever. You know what? Who gives a fuck? Why not? I don't know. That doesn't bother me. Just, my whole it, thing came from life. the frequencies, the frequencies, and the and and some of the other. I things. thought that at first. I but, thought that at first, but I was able to rationalize it. My one thing that I was convinced that that they convinced me was something that happened in the silo. And how it wouldn't have really played out that way. And I'll just leave it at that. But it was everything about the movie was great. I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. My mind's really quick because there's only so much you could say about this. I watched uh, the new Tremors movie, Cold Day in Hell. They've done it again. Another solid sequel to the Tremors franchise. And I was reluctant at first because when you see the snow on the cover, and I'm thinking, I don't think I want to see Burt Gummer. In, in the snow and fucking it just didn't I was trying to picture how it was going to play out it was actually it kind of uh, you know deflated me I'm like I don't think I'm going to like it I think, I think it's a jump the shark thing now it's going in but honestly the, you only see snow in the first fucking five minutes and by the time they go to Canada which, which is where this pl- takes place they're not even in that area so it, when you see Graboids doing their thing and everything else it's not in snow it's a cool gimmick in the beginning but I'm not going to get into the reasons why everything is the way it is, but it's another it's another fun movie. It feels like the other ones do. It looks like the other ones do. They got that that cracking wise going on. They got the the, the quirky dialogue. Uh, Michael Gross is great. The characters are are, are all pretty cool. I, I my one complaint is that there's too many survivors, and that happens a lot in these Tremor movies. Yes, there's CGI throughout it, but 90% of it looks just fine. It, it it's what a Tremors movie, it's what you want it to be. It's a fun movie, it's another one in the franchise, and don't skip it. It's it's better than the last one was. Uh, Bloodlines with Jamie Kennedy, and Jamie Kennedy re- returns here, and he's fine. I heard people ragging on him, saying he looks bad, and this and that, and he looks as old as Michael Gross. Dude is 47 <laughs> years old. He's 47. How young do you want him to look? When he was in Scream, he was 25 years old playing a fucking high schooler. So he looks like a forty-seven-year-old guy to me. I'm sorry. I don't. People say he looks terrible. I, I look forty-seven. Michael Gross. <laughs> yeah, that ever people say he looks that bad. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Michael Gross looks damn good for his age. But anyway, something happens in Bloodlines that didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense, and it's explained in this one why. So that's something else that elevates it. But if I'm gonna rate this one, I would probably go one, three, two, and then this one, and then the prequel in Bloodlines. But I've said it before. This is one of those franchises when there's not a bad movie in it. Each movie is a 6.5 or higher to me. And this is no exception. So it's another good Tremors sequel. If you're a fan of the franchise, check it out. I've only seen them once before. Each movie I've seen one time. After watching this, I want to revisit them all again. So uh, it's not something that's in my wheelhouse. But I I am uh, definitely a fan of the Tremors franchise. So check it out, man, if you are. I I don't mind them. They're good, man. I've only seen the first two, but I like them. They're They're good movies. All right, my last triple R is the Netflix Korean film from this year called Forgotten. It is about our character Jin Suk, who moves into a new house with his parents and his older brother. Don't laugh at this, but his name is Yoo Suk. (laughs) Yoo Suk. (laughs) 
You suck. You suck, dude. Yeah, and, and Jin, he idolizes his older brother, and his older brother was like a star student, star athlete, and he got injured in a car accident, so now he walks with a limp. And one day, Jin witnesses his brother being attacked and kidnapped. Yu eventually returns 19 days later with no recollection of what happened. As time goes on, Jin becomes convinced that something is different about the man who has returned, and it might not be his brother. Uh, this film takes twists to a, a whole new level. Even though I, I, I do feel some people are going to find it a little too far-fetched. I was on board the whole time. It, it does get crazy, but it, it stays true to its well-developed characters. And it's an emotional, dramatic story at heart. Uh, it's definitely a blend of drama, mystery, and thriller. There are some horrific elements to it, but it, it would be hard for me to call this a horror film. But I think it will definitely appeal to those who enjoy the horror genre. Uh, yeah, Korean films, they just blend characters and stories so well. I think they're some of the best films I've seen. This one was no exception. A little over the top, maybe, but an emotional an emotional film that proves quite cathartic to our main character. And I'm just going to leave it at that because from a story of a young man witnessing his brother kidnapped to him returning 19 days later and him suspecting that it's not his brother to where it ends up in the end is just a roller coaster that you cannot predict. So it, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's really well done. And, uh, you know, it, for me, this is one of the, my favorite films I've seen so far this year is the full head explosion. Oh, wow. Yeah. F- phenomenal. So it didn't suck. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't, uh, you suck. It, it gin sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably butchering the names too, but I mean, it really, it's, oh man, I, I just hope people can get past some of the, the twists and stuff. They're going to be like, oh, this is just too, too far fetched and stuff. But you know what? Just enjoy the film and, 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 and the story and the characters because it's really well done. And it's, man, it quite, it packs quite an emotional punch in the end. Nice. What's it called again? Forgotten. Forgotten. I forgot. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> named. Okay. Yeah, it's on. It's on Netflix. It came out a while ago, not a while ago, like earlier this year, but uh. Right on. But it's been. I think it came out maybe in January, but it's. Uh, I just got around to it. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. I recommend. Cool. Well. Here we go. Here we go. Nobody said it was easy. <laughs> or oh, take me back to the start. Boom! Take you back to the start, prequel style. Gold play three. Okay. Street Vilt three. <laughs> three. <laughs> Two thousand and ten takes place in the eighties, where a group of teenagers go to visit an abandoned hotel, only to find themselves hunted by a psychotic killer through the Norwegian woods. And this one is directed by Norwegian Mikkel. Wood. Is that what you said? It says I the, once had a girl, or should I say, she once had me? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no more singing. Wow. I can't. If you look at the director's name, his name is Mikael something Sandemos. But if you look at his, I don't know what that letter is. It's B R, and then there's like an A and an E mashed together as one letter. All what I know, is, all I know is he never is did another one? movie after this. I don't believe, and it's not badly made. I was shocked 
Because the other ones looked like they had a little bit of a career. Maybe I'm mixing this up with the guy that did part two. Because the guy that did part one just recently directed Tomb Raider, I believe. And I believe this guy didn't really do anything after part three. He's and done a couple of films since, but not a lot. He did Ragnarok and The Ash oh. Lad. Oh, okay. Not I Thor thought, Ragnarok, yeah. just Ragnarok. Fraggle Rock? Fraggle Rock. Christian goes down on fragile cock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wish I had the bump 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 again, but <laughs> <laughs> nice. So 1976 is when this is shit initially takes place. That magical year, and they actually oh, no, try. No, no, this is, no, this is when it takes hold place on. in the 80s. I hold on. Damn it! 1976 <laughs> is when you see. What goes down with the boy? That's when it happened. Brandon. Let's, let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> let's give the boy a hand. Yes. Job. And they do try to make you, right off the bat, one of the first things you see in this film, are they setting us up to, to pity the killer? To more, the more you hear of his backstory, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? You know, should well, we, should we I, pity I don't think back? so, because we already know, look, the, the the father's abusive, the mother's clearly abusive and not doing anything. And he's not even the real father, you find out. But but we already know that the stories from part two is that this kid's a troubled kid who's killing animals and, and they can see it escalating. So they're kind of trying to get rid of him for the sake of saving the business and probably a lot of lives. Well, see me, I didn't know that you 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 guys told me that. That he was the one doing this stuff to the animals, so I didn't know. So when I okay. when I began watching this film, that's what I see in my notes. That pity killer question mark. I'm thinking, is this what they're setting up here? Did they just kill this kid because he has a birthmark? What kind of shit is that? Because I didn't see any other reason why. I didn't realize that. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, you missed out on the. Uh, as the movie the went on, I heard more. Yeah. And they said that you know he was never normal. He was a stillborn. This happened, and he. So they did kind of paint a different picture. But I never, the skinned animals and other shit didn't didn't register the way it should have. It didn't land with me. But now I see that's not what they were going for. If you're watching it as a trilogy, good gore though when he returns. Oh, great they kills start earlier too. Everything yeah. starts yeah. a little earlier in this. Even though it's a longer film, I think over. I think this might be the longest one in the series. Yeah, th- yeah, it probably runs a little, a little over bit an hour long. and a half, maybe. Yeah. Like an hour and 35. Closer to an hour 40. But I love yeah. that opening. I'm like, oh, are we going full prequel? So I did like that, though. And then mm-hmm. then they introduce another, quite frankly, likable group of friends. Yep. Yeah. I mean, not quite as likable as the first batch. And again, no. I'm not saying you get fatigue here, but now you're getting right. into that Friday 4, Friday. Like, I mean, it feels like, okay, we've been here, but it still works. The kids are likable. I mean, there's a guy that sounds like his name is Seaman. So I was on board. It was Seaman. It is Seaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Magne, Anders, Hedda. Seaman, why so salty today? I actually have a note here that says, <laughs> I assume Brandon was foaming at the mouth when he heard this. That's my note. <laughs> nice. Hedda, Hedda and Seaman? Hedda, yeah, Seaman, Siri, Nut. Yeah, series of this. <laughs> yeah, they're all series. I'll tell you what, though. Hedda was badass. She was a strong final girl again. She, was? Know, she really was. Yeah. I was just going to say, because we didn't really say it, but the, this story with this group of friends, this six friends, takes place 12 years later. So this is like 88. Yeah. And yeah. it's weird because they're, they're getting a ride from a young version of Einer, the, the chief from part one. Ooh, kind of Einer. Sorry. Einer, <laughs> which I find very weird. Like, all, like 
it just seemed lost. like a convenient. It just it seemed like a very convenient thing to have a cop all, giving them a ride to to the middle of nowhere there. And, the backstory uh, was cool with the estranged brothers. And yes, yeah. obviously it was to set up that he runs into his estranged brother John, who's creepy, and you know you 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 find out you know obviously as the film progresses what's going on. But the end does not make sense. Ultimately, when what I love the end, end, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But now that I'm talking about it, the whole thing with the estranged brothers, when the, the one brother, the cop, has the revelation and he has the flashback and he sees the young boy, well, Gunner is his name, you know? Yeah. Gunner. When he sees Gunner's clothes at his brother's place and he puts two and two together, how come when what happens at the end, why does he think that's the final solution? What does he think that's what that's that's what I'm saying. That was the huge that was a huge mistake yeah. that dropped the film tremendously. I'm realizing Talking about what not. happens with Hedda. You guys are jumping way over here. I, I my Sorry. first nitpick my first nitpick is who backpacks with bottled beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like clink 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 clink. Right? Clink, yeah, you're I'm right. Like, what the fuck? I break and shit cans, motherfucker. Uh, and yeah. then. I, I did say at first I found the composition and framing not as slick as the first two movies. Something just seemed off. It, it seemed like things were framed and characters were in the lower frame and it just looked weird. But something happened and by like the second act, by two thirds of the movie, whatever, not two or one third of the movie, I found that was gone and it looked identical to the other two movies. But I did make a note that something at the beginning just seemed off, whether it be the editing or the, or the composition. Uh, and then it became a non-issue. Uh, that river sequence, I thought, was probably the most tense scene in the movie. That seemed like it had a good budget there as they're trying to... That was that was a good tense scene. My favorite scene in the film is by far when, when they're running through the woods. I love I love that scene. I mean, and that's yeah. right before, but, yeah, right, you know... At least right in. It, no, they, it just builds. It's, it's really good. Yeah, you don't see that enough. Just a full-on sprint, and you really get the sense that they're being chased. And the guy doesn't yeah. even know what the hell is going on at that point. One of the yeah, friends and that, is just like and following takes suit. A header. Yeah, and Hedda takes a header. <laughs> <laughs> but a little bit more stereotypical uh, kind of actions. You know, you got Siri and Newt. They go frolicking in the night, of course. It's not the best of ideas, and they fall into that trap. Then all of a sudden, you know, she's got to go for help. But how far did they wander that she can't find her way back to, to where they were camping? And she ends up in the middle of the road where, where John finds her. That was brutal what he did to the guy that fell in this rap. Like, ah, yeah. It's just so matter of fact. That's what I love about it. It's just like there's no thought to it. It's just this is what needs to be done. And he treats him like a piece of meat. Yes, he does. Yep. And he let out a Wilhelm scream. Did you, did you hear it? <laughs> he did. Uh, did he? There was a Wilhelm scream in this movie. Yeah, when he was cutting the get up. Yeah, I never missed that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's weird. <laughs> Sliced up and shit. Yeah, there's uh, just something about it though. There's the sequences when the three are hiding while the other one's being held captive below, and just certain sequences in the film. I'm just not engaged the way I am in the other two. As Maybe much. there's. As much. As much. I still thought they were good. I still thought they, they were fine. They they had enough suspense. I thought at least they created suspense. There's a lot of these movies that it, there's no suspense. You don't get, get care at all. I thought the way that they moved around the house as the he's going upstairs and they they're trying to get to get out. I thought it worked, but I hear where you're going with it. It's not quite as engaging as the first two films. Well, it's hard to be no. engaging because 
first, even though the, I do like the characters, I agree with you, they're certainly not as strong as the first film. No. Or, you know, maybe not as, as strong as, as at least our two lead females in, in the second. But we know this is a prequel. So I, I don't know about you, this was the first time watched for me, but I, I know how this is going to end. Yeah. You 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 know nobody's surviving this. Otherwise, I hope not. Right. It, it it can't happen. So even at that point, you're like, okay, so I'm not as invested because I know everyone's gonna die. But I, I'll tell you what, I it, it was a gut punch with Heather's yes. character because she was really really a good character, and I was just like, ah, oh, I didn't want it to end like that. You know, at least. <laughs> well, even Siri be just being freed. To only mm-hmm. have to go through and what that she was, did, and then you get the the second. It's like a one-two gut punch. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very matter yeah, matter of fact with Siri too. After she's like fighting the whole movie to get out of that basement, and uh, yeah, I, I did appreciate that they kind of threw it in like that. Didn't make it like it was like going to be epic because ultimately you're going to know where it's where it's going. But but still, I did not see that coming with Hedda because it's it's a major mistake given the fact that Einer comes to the revelation that he does it, it just doesn't make sense to not even to not know what the hell's going on in this moment right yeah it, it, it's a huge mistake and it, honestly if it didn't happen it's cool though it's cool the way it plays out with with gunner it's an awesome scene oh, i love yeah. that but Trumpet. it had to be done a different way because that right. really hurt the film because they didn't even have to show they, they just could have had the estranged brothers, because the guy was already acting weird to begin with. They didn't have to show that he went to his house and saw Gunner's sweater when he was a kid. They could have just played it off any other way. He doesn't have to have revelations that he thinks well, the kid I, was I, in there. There could have been I, anything I, else that got in there. Yeah, maybe would it, not. Would it work better? No? But he was even more self, even more aware in part two, so, y- you know, he he probably learned from this. Oh, well, but I, I think the way to change it would have been to have John be the one that, that, that shot her. Because, you know, he was still bleeding to death. He wasn't fully dead yet. Maybe he got the gun, got another gun, you know, and shot her from behind or something. I like the way all that played out, though, with with, with the shooting and why. And I thought Siri was going to be the final girl. When I'm watching the, the first, like, 20 minutes of this film, it seems like she was the one that was kind of quiet and looking off in the distance. And I don't know, very pretty. I just thought that she was going to be the final girl. And then she ended up... Again, they oh, it's almost like they had two final girls in a way because then then she's covered in mud for half the rest of the movie, but she's in a situation where she's held hostage and she gets out while the other girl is you know head up. Yeah, but but like Christian says, the uh, you know the scene with you know through the woods down the down the rapids and in the caves, you know where they're they're fighting with them with Gunner, where Hedda and Anders to kind of team up and fight him. Just very cool. Uh, some cool shots, it really. It elevates uh, the movie. It really yeah. does. If they didn't have those, I'd probably be much lower in the film. And I think that what they've done is they classed up the slasher. So you've yeah. got the slasher elements, but they've managed to add another layer where you, you feel like there's production. There's a budget here. Uh, even with the language barrier and, and reading subtitles, there's still a likable group. Not quite as engaging yeah. as the first, as I, we've already said, but you still like them. Again, that makes or breaks your film. And Better this than a lot of manages, Yeah, this series managed to do it in all three movies, make yeah. you at least like the characters, and that is important. Yeah. Yes, it is. I think there was too many kids, though. I think having six kids... It, and... it was, yeah, it was a little confusing at the beginning to, to tell who's who, but... Uh, man, I, I spent I, a whole I, lot of time with them. 
I like the idea that 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 head is the one that is the one to first pick up the pickaxe, which evidently is the first time that we're. You know, oh. it's almost like the Shelley moment. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good call. That gives, like a that, that gives good. So it, <laughs> no but shit. man, but man, that, that ending it's a, it's a terrible, terrible mistake because Einer makes the connection, has nice. the flashback that John is the one. Who took in Gunner and was helping him? So, like, I don't I don't understand how he doesn't think that the boy's still alive. I, I, the only thing I'm thinking is that maybe, maybe Einer thought John killed Gunner, kidnapped him. Yeah, you know what? That's not bad. He sees his clothes there. Why would he? Yeah, clothes first, isn't that what and tips the blood, and he sees the yeah. blood. And he sees the blood, so maybe he thought John had like kidnapped him, it's just killed a killer? him, and then he's the killer. And the reason why Head is holding a gun to Einer is because she knows he's the brother because of the the road incident earlier. I'm actually just I'm actually bringing the score over myself. But hold on, though. <laughs> but but would he remember what the conversation he has earlier in the movie when he sees him? He wants to bring him around his kid he goes you know i have a uh, two kids that have an uncle that they don't even know about would you if you thought that he killed a kid would you want to push him to meet your fucking kids well that was before he had the revelation though before he had the flashback to the to the sweater oh i just figured he he, he it was always in the back of his head that he saw that sweater years ago and he just he, no just i think he i think it, it i forgot at what point man that's the problem if i didn't watch the movie like literally two minutes before we review it i forget certain things but it was definitely later on. That was like at the beginning of the film. I just figured that was his knowledge that he always had it. That he no, because that's at the beginning. It when he okay. when he tells him about the kids, he looks in the back of the truck. He sees the cars. He tells him, you know, you can't hunt out here. This is a, a national park. And it's not till later when he has the revelation of the guns and 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 the sweater and the blood that oh okay man I think I just, okay I think I just saved it a little. It might have just gone up a little uh, a little bit for me. Yeah okay I, that that does help it. What uh, I'll say just one or two things. The bow and arrows thing was surprising and cool, and, and yeah. when the part when they're pulling the arrow out, oh, yeah, fucking yeah. great! That was some good gore there, right? No, it, Man. fantastic, terrifying because they didn't know where those arrows were coming from. They're trying to hide from it, and they're mm -hmm. just oh, well done. The scene was kind of reminiscent of what they did with the Friday the Thirteenth remake when the first person got killed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they watched this movie and lifted it from there because it was like, yeah, and all of a sudden, like, holy well, fuck. Well, wait a second. Okay. This came out in 2010, did it not? Oh, oh, you know what? Came a year Maybe. after. Well, then it, it's probably just a coincidence, but it, it was pretty cool. And here I am watching the movie, and I'm like, this is cold prey. Where's the fucking snow, right? It's the opposite <laughs> of what I just said about Tremors. Yeah. It should have been, okay. cool, been called cool prey. <laughs> but... I'm so glad <laughs> I'm so glad that there wasn't that they did do it this way because the ending was kind of epic and beautiful right right after you get that last kill and the guy walks outside and you see the first fucking snowflake starting to fall it's almost like like artistic in a way this is the the birth of that and then yeah. right after that then you see the triumphant fucking discovery uh, of of gunner looking down in the lodge and the snow all coming in so it was almost like cool for that moment. I was like, wow, that's cool. I, I don't feel bad there wasn't snow throughout the whole movie now just because of the way they, they introduced it at the end. I thought that was powerful. I was like, fuck, it was like a, it was almost like you said, Shelly. It was almost like when 
fucking Jason came out with a hockey mask the first time. It was kind of like yeah. a, a triumphant fucking thing. I didn't even know? think of it like that, and that that's that's great too. And it's in poetic, fact, like I, I wasn't very low on this movie. I don't know what what the general consensus from a from a fan base is. I assume that this one comes in lower, but I, I wasn't I wasn't significantly lower. My rating is actually quite in line with the rest of the movies. I bumped mine up a bit. I had it at 6.5. I, I'm, I'm at 6.75 now with the, with Brandon's explanation about the end. <laughs> that it's, that's funny. I was right there with you at 6.5, but I'm going all the way up to a 7. And I, and I was always at a 7. So I was just a nice. little bit. I was just 2, 0.25 below the original, which might be a bit low, and maybe that will go up on repeated viewings. But 8 on this part 2 and a 7 on part 3. It's nice. a, it's a it's a solid series. Yeah, it really good is. Trilogy. Yeah, man. <laughs> really, really good franchise. <laughs> yeah, great franchise. Yeah, yeah man. It really is. It, it, three slasher movies and done the right way. Done like yes. a franchise where they where they trip away at it and you learn more as it goes on. That I mean, was it planned on that they were just going to give us a little bit uh, of a shot in part one and uncover more in part two and then give us the whole story in three? Who knows? Or, or they just rode around it as they had success? I don't know, but... I'll tell well you what, done. if if it wasn't planned out and they just randomly connected it this, this way, they did a pretty damn good job because it, it didn't seem like they had to really play around that much. It felt very fluid throughout the three. Totally. And with this one, they could have gone cheap. They could have just, you know, kept the same storyline as part two and just say, well, he's, he survived. He did it, Jason. He survived, and some new kids are going to come to the lodge, and they're going to get picked off. But instead, they said, no, let's go back, back to the start. And fucking <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. It's what I, I wish we got one of these in the Friday the 13th franchise. I wish we got a prequel, and I, I'm sure I, I know many of us have said it that are the fanboys of those franchises. Something in between part one and two of a younger Jason coming up and how. And how, I can't believe they still haven't fucking done that all these years. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is how you do it. You know, it's not the greatest, but you know what? This is how you do. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I can't go as high as a seven is because there are, this is the only one of the three where there are moments in the film where I kind of, my focus kind of leaves and I kind of drift off a little bit. There's just a a little bit of a disconnect for me with with my fucking ADHD brain where I just just steered off just a little bit. I didn't get that in, in the other two. I, I really, I, I never rate the film directly after watching it because I, I feel like I have that that exact same experience with every film just because my focus is not great to begin with. So I find myself, it doesn't matter, my favorite films of all time, I'll do it. I'll space out for a sec here and there. So I try to really sit on it and let it marinate. Second view. But this was Second. a pleasant surprise. I mm-hmm. I, I I think I heard good things. I think I did hear good things. I didn't know what to expect, though. Because, right. I mean, you hear these things sometimes and you go in and you're like, what, was pe- what were people thinking? Yeah, Maniac Solid. Cop 2 with me. I was so excited <laughs> to see Maniac Cop 2. Hey, I love when Maniac it came Cop 2. I know you do, but <laughs> it was so pumped up. Like, Coldplay 2, I've heard good things about. But the, what, when I went to see the Maniac Cop trilogy, when we did that, you know, 30 episodes ago now, it Wow. I was so looking forward to, to, to seeing part two, and then I was like, huh, I don't get it. You know what I mean? So I, I don't get too excited about shit like that because I heard good things about Cold Break too, but it didn't mean I was going to enjoy it, you know? But three, I never, didn't hear much about. But again, solid franchise. Solid. And, and good thing Marco freaking brought up the first one because this wouldn't have happened. 
Well, you know what Marco's favorite? You know what Marco's favorite after-school snack is? Frit by the foot. <laughs> wow. Where's my soundboard when you need it? Marco's not even Norwegian. I know, right? <laughs> totally just putting him in a totally different country, showing the <laughs> ignorance of Americans. All the same oh. shit. Oh. Yeah, you're all over <laughs> there somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of that, they make a joke in the first minute of freaking Tremors of the new Tremors when they come when they compare the Norwegians and the Swedes. A total fucking. Like the um, thing. I'll, yes. t- I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you what. I've total heard. Nod. I've heard a lot of jokes. A lot of jokes with that. With with Scandinavia. With Norway. With Dutch. With it, like I- I'm honestly confused as to what the hell is what. I don't even. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I love them all. I love them all. I don't care. I love, I love everyone. Seriously, you know I know Christian really loves all them all. Of them. He'll go down on any guy from any of those countries. Give him the old Burt Gummer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like these jokes. <laughs> I don't like. These jokes. <laughs> How'd you have that soundbite ready right then and there? That was I had it ready for a while. I was just waiting for you to crack one. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the other one when I verbally did it. I'm like, I gotta get this ready to go. <laughs> Man, I so I verbally heard it. <laughs> what is our next show? One, one missed call franchise. Call, yep. Franchise. One call. One, two, one three, and American remake. Yep. Hey, get back to me. This is four times you missed my fucking call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why wasn't it called two missed calls and three missed calls? <laughs> three and they missed just two <laughs> Right. Of course, it would have been just like your machine is full. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for the beep. That'd be part four. <laughs> got a cool, got a cool uh, theme song. Wait for the beep. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. You guys remember that commercial or no? Nope. <laughs> no. Vaguely, Somebody it sounds out familiar. Somebody out there does. I promise you. One of our lovely listeners. Thank you guys for listening again. Yes. By the way, thank you for subscribing. Please continue to do so. Please share the show, retweet it, do all that cool stuff, man. We appreciate it all. Thanks, Jason Lloyd. Thanks to Bo on Legion. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know something? Thanks for Sorry, the action. Right before you, I know you're about chance. to say goodnight, but I got to say, I didn't. thanks to, to all those people you said, but I had no idea that Bo was the writer of Lost After Dark. How come we have never talked about that when we were doing our Slasher show? I've talked about it off air to you. I know that. Really? Was I totally ignoring you or did I just have a brain fart and forget? Because, man, that was a film that I left off my list that actually ranked higher than four of my films on the list. But I wanted to talk about four of those films. No shit. Yeah, I I ranked it at like a seven, seven point two five. But I had some like six point seven fives on there because I wanted to talk about like fatal games and stuff. But, man, that's a great film. You know what? Bo knows. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> That's how we're ending, huh? <laughs> Good All night. Right. I don't know. So I'm ended it. <laughs> Fresh for twenty eighteen, you suckers. How's that ending? <laughs> how about this one? I just hit ten thousand steps on my three feet. See you next time. Good night. <laughs>